RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. You're listening to another edition of Saturday Night Livestream. Raikland Patriot, I see you out there in the foxhole. Thanks for hanging out tonight, buddy. Thank you to everybody with us over on Rumble as well. Last Minzy, good to see you. Vector, always a pleasure. Proud Navy Patriot, Trisha, Q Patriot, Texas, Captain Brad Fry. Thank you very much, Brad, for your assistance in facilitating tonight's show. Tonight, we're going to be speaking with mathematician Ed Solomon. Now, Ed, you may remember, after the 2020 election, put out a video uh, showing exactly what was going on with the various proportions of uh, election fraud taking place across America. Well, since that time, Ed has continued to fine-tune his investigation to really fundamentally break down exactly how these elections are being stolen. And most recently, he's been focusing, I believe exclusively, on Nevada. But what's interesting is that you can take the data from a place like Nevada, and quite often, you can export it to a completely different portion of the nation and find the same results. In fact, in Nevada itself, you might see duplications of this very method. So sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this with Edward Solomon. Did you know that Bank of America is saying that gold is going to go to $2,200 this year? Now, that is an all-time high. And right now, you can invest in a gold IRA with Noble Gold Investments and take advantage of this rare opportunity to secure your retirement savings. With experts at Noble Gold Investments, you can ride out the wave of gold's historic rise to financial security. And this month, they're offering this free 5-ounce solid silver America the Beautiful coin with every qualifying precious metals IRA or 401k rollover. You just can't go wrong with Noble Gold. So hurry up and head on over to my special website, redpill78gold.com, and the experts at Noble Gold Investments can help secure your wealth. Plus, you're going to bag this free 5-ounce America the Beautiful coin if you qualify. Once again, that's redpill78gold.com, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you're just arriving, whether you're on Foxhole or Rumble, please do me a favor, hit the like button or the red pill. It really does help the channel a lot. It lets people know this is going to be a show worth seeing. And please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, uh, Edward Solomon. Ed, how are you tonight, sir? Well, I'm doing great. And I'm glad we're talking about Nevada because it's the state where the mathematics can actually be simplified to where you don't need to be a mathematician in order to grasp it. 
Now, the same methods are actually used in the other states. It's just that you can't get simpler approximations to explain to the public. Okay. And what is it about Nevada that makes it uh, a lower barrier of entry for the general public? It's just a, it can be reduced to a linear equation. Okay. So a linear equation is Y equals MX plus B. Here's a line. Here's the slope. Here's the intercept. And somehow all the votes fall on this line with R squared 9999. So that right. so what you're referring to is the actual distribution of votes, like votes for uh, candidate A or candidate B no, throughout the percentages. No. Percentages. Okay, that's that's even better. All right. So well, here's the thing: you don't win an election if you get a million votes. You win if you get more than fifty percent. Sure. So it makes sense that if you're going to rig an election, you're going to rig it with percentages. And then you'll convert out to whatever the actual numbers need to be from those percentages based on the number of ballots cast at the end of it. Okay, so take us through. uh, Well, do you want to go to this most recent election in Nevada uh, so that we can uh, uh, specifically show exactly what those percentages are? Yeah, let's go to. Well, it's not the most recent. It's we have to start with 2020. Okay. well, okay. yes. Go back to 2020. We'll get a baseline there. And uh, let me just say, before you do that, uh, Tech Lady over on Rumble says, keep up the good work, Zach. Thank you very much for your generous support of the channel. And Ed. All right. So I'm going to share my screen for a moment. Okay. Okay. That's good. And um, what we're going to do is imagine for a moment before I go into this, that we're in a high school gymnasium and there's a caucus going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you able to see my screen? Yes, sir. All right. So in the north side of the gym, we're going to put the election day ballots for Trump in the northwest here and Biden in the northeast. And then all the mail-in ballots, we're going to put on tables on the south side of the gym. And we're going to put Biden. Notice that the it's they're 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 in diagonals. Okay. Yep. There's a reason for this. We're going to put Biden in the southwest here and we're going to put the trump mail-in ballots in the southeast now when i try to when i initially analyze elections as election day versus mail-in i didn't really see any there was really nothing to see and there actually isn't they don't rig the election as election day versus mail-in okay what I found out and I discovered it by accident because I uh, had a spreadsheet open with all the votes like like this here. Mm -hmm. And I accidentally had Biden's mail-in column here and Biden's early over here. So I didn't realize I had pasted the wrong columns. Okay, But when I did that, I found also how they rigged the election. And I'm going to show you that. So now we're going to look at the same picture. It's still the gymnasium. But instead of thinking north versus south, which is the election day versus the mail-in, we're going to think of it as the west side of the gym versus the east side. Okay. In other words, we're going to look at Trump's election day and Biden's mail-in vote as one entity against Biden's election day vote and Trump's mail-in vote as the opposed entity. Okay, And if you start to think about it, mainstream media pushed this narrative, didn't they? Demo- Democrats vote by mail mm-hmm. and Republicans vote on Election Day. Yep. And what do they have in common in my diagram? They're on the West side. 
So what you would, the way most people and the way I initially went around analyzing the election was I said, what was the election day percentage? So you go, well, we're going to set X equal to Trump's early vote, uh, election day vote over Trump's election day vote plus Biden's election day vote. And that okay. would give you Trump's election day percentage. Okay. What we're going to do now, though, is because there's no word in the human language for it, but you can see it visually. We're going to call this Trump's West Side percentage. Okay. In this time. What we're going to do is just say the West Side percentage G is Trump's election day vote over Trump's election day vote plus Biden's mail-in vote. So to translate that to you know, human talk. If you had a box of ballots and you, you had a box and you put all of Trump's election day ballots and all of Biden's mail-in ballots, and then I asked what percentage of the ballots belong to Trump. That's that's all that we're measuring. Okay. We're not we're not putting Biden's election day ballots in. Then normally you would then say what's the mail-in percentage, which would be Trump mail-in over Trump mail-in plus Biden mail. Okay. But for our east versus west diagram, we're going to say, what is Trump's east side percentage of this diagram? Mm-hmm. So we're going to say H is Trump mail-in over Trump mail-in plus Biden election day. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's when I say east and west side percentages, I'm, because there's no word, for instance, you can call this the election day percentage and the mail-in percentage. There's no word to describe this, so I call it a hybrid. It's a bastardization. Okay. But this is how they rig it, and it's actually very clever because nobody would ever look at those percentages unless they did it first by accident like I did. Right, right, because people are either going to be paying attention to Trump's election day totals or Trump's mailing uh, totals or Biden's election day totals and, and Biden's mail-in totals, not any combination of them, really. Right. All right, so now we're going to define uh, this formula is the same for both the north and the east versus west setup. There. Trump's aggregate percentage, which is the total percentage of ballots cast at this precinct for Trump, is Trump's election day vote plus Trump's mail-in vote over all four votes. I'm just going to write over all. Okay. okay. And that is the same in both diagrams. Okay. It's the aggregate, that's, I call that alpha, that's the Greek letter there, that's that diagonal. That's the same for both diagrams. Now we're going to define the proportion of mail-in to election day votes, okay, on the north side. So if you took all the mail-in votes for both Trump and Biden and divided them by all the election day votes for both Trump and Biden, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to call that P equals both mail-in votes for Trump and Biden over both election day votes for uh, Trump and Biden. Mm -hmm. So we have a formula that solves for the aggregate. It's not just equal to the integers, and this is how they start rigging elections. You could also write it's equal to the election day percentage times the proportion of mail-in to election day votes times the mail-in percentage over that proportion plus one. There is, however... A, another type of proportion in the east versus west setup. So we're going to divide all the east side ballots divided by all the west side ballots. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to call this uh, Q. 
This is the east to west proportion. And this is equal to all east side ballots. So that's Trump mail-in plus Biden election day over all west side ballots, which is Trump election day plus Biden mail-in. Mm-hmm. And we can also write it's equal to Trump's aggregate percentage. The This is an isometry. The west side percentage plus the proportion of wet east to west times the east side percentage over that proportion plus one. All three of these expressions will give you Trump's final percentage at a precinct. Okay. Okay. So now let's talk about what a fair election looks like. Okay. Okay. So the key is that you need three pieces of information if we're dealing with percentages and not the numbers themselves, like the algorithms do. You need three pieces of information to solve for Trump's aggregate percentage. You either have to know the election day percentage, the mail-in percentage, and the proportion of mail-in to election day votes. That's three variables. You can't do it with only two. Or you need to know the east side percentage, the west side percentage, and the proportion of east to west. Again, you need three pieces of information in a fair election to know what Trump's total percentage of the ballots will be. But what I found in Clark County and in Washoe is the exact same formula in 1,286 precincts on two counties on opposite sides of the state of Nevada was that we can solve for alpha without knowing the proportion of east to west, only knowing G and H. And this, this is the formula. It says it's equal to, I'm going to approximate it with the decimals. 0.63G plus 0.34H plus some constant, I think it's like minus 0.002. This allows you to solve Trump's aggregate percentage with, as you can see here, 99.8% precision only knowing the east and west side percentages. That's absolutely impossible, okay? Mm-hmm. It means I'm solving, it's like saying here, here's a box that requires three variables to know its volume, length, width, and height. Mm-hmm. But all you do is tell me the length and width, and I can keep telling you the volume of the box without ever knowing the height. Okay. That's impossible. So to show you what, I want people to see what a fair election looks like visually. Okay. If I were to generate either the election day mail-in and the proportion of mail-in to election day votes, or the east-west side and proportion of east-to-west side votes with just just like a bell curve mean and standard deviation. And then I took every single precinct, so precinct one, two, three, four, five, and I took all their percentages, and I plotted them in 3D space, and I plotted the aggregate, okay? You would get what's called a Gaussian cloud of probability in a fair election. So if you tell me the election day percentage and the mail-in percentage, I kind of can approximate what the aggregate or total percentage will be for Trump, 
but I don't know exactly because I don't know the exact proportion of mail to election day votes. Right. So since there will be an average proportion of mail to election day votes in a county, there will be an average surface. So if I held a piece of paper through this cloud at this angle, there would be a flat plane that would pass through it like a flat piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So they, this cloud will form around an average surface, but it doesn't mean that it will be exactly on a surface. But if you plot the east, west, and aggregate percentages for Trump in 2020 for 1,286 precincts and two counties on opposite sides of the state of Nevada, you get this, a perfectly flat plane because they're rigging the election with this formula. And then they're back solving the proportion of east to west in order to compensate. But the proportion of east to west in any election, fair or unfair, is equal to the east side percentage, west side minus the aggregate over the aggregate minus the east side. So once they rig Trump's aggregate from G and H, then they back solve the forcing variable Q to tell them what proportion of east to west side ballots to stuff. That's what they're doing. Human beings do not vote according to these perfect, uh, these perfect parametric surfaces. So to show you that real quick, 3D parametric ease. And this, I'm doing this on the county recorder data. I'm not pulling some obscure county source. I just want to let the viewers know. This is straight from the county recorder certified precinct totals. So this is a uh, parametric surface. And I just want you to see so, for instance, an equation in two dimensions, right, might look something like y equals, okay, y equals, you know, 2x plus 1 and maybe minus 0.3x squared, and you'll get a parabola or something like this, plus 0.005x cubed. I'll make it a little larger than that. And then you'll get, you know, shapes like this. There is a three-dimensional equivalent, okay? And I'm going to do something very similar. This is where you set the height according to a math equation of the base of X and Y. So Z is the height, okay? Plus uh, 0.5XY minus Y, okay? And you'll get surfaces that look like these. And each of these has a two-dimensional cross-section that will look something like this. Okay, depending on what angle you take the cross section. So when you plot these elections, so I'm going to show you Atlanta, and you're gonna you're 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 not gonna believe what you see. Okay, I'm not making this up. When you do the east and west side percentages in Atlanta, and by the way, this is where the Democrats have no excuse. These equations don't use the election day vote; they use the early vote in 2020. So we place the word election day vote with early vote for everything I just said so far. So if they want to say something about Trump, uh, Republicans voting on election day, well, the equations have nothing to do with the election day vote. <laughs> Only the early in mailing. But anyway, I want to show you what Atlanta looks like. It's the same concept. I'm going to put the east and west side percentages. Okay. But you're going to see that the surface that it forms. Okay is not as easy to write an equation for. Okay. But ne nevertheless, it is a 
surface, okay? Then I, I want people to have a link to this document after we're, we're done here. As soon as I can find it. Okay, it should be right here. This is Atlanta 2020. See how it was a perfect curved oh, yeah. manifold? Mm -hmm. Okay. Unlike the perfectly flat rigged manifold over here at Clark County. Two different counties, two different states. When you plot the east and west side percentages, instead of getting a cloud of probability like you would get in any previous election of 2020, and also what you can expect, even if you had it, you end up getting these perfect manifold surfaces. So somehow in thousands and hundreds and hundreds of precincts in two, in two different states, I have people all casting their ballots respectively at the precincts in perfect congregation with the other precincts to produce these perfect uh, manifold surfaces for which we can, in fact, get the equation for. Let me go back to Atlanta so you can see that again. This is Atlanta, okay? And again, this is from the county recorded data. So here's the manifold of Atlanta, and it has an equation. But here you can see the equation of Atlanta is pretty nasty, okay? Accuracy of the equation is 9999, and this is the equation. I'm not even going to explain it here, okay? It's, it's pretty nasty, but at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of things that say, hold a multivariate polynomial, okay? And, you know, they have things that look like this. <clears throat> and they form these types of surfaces. And you, we have scientific ways of finding the way of the equations of the surfaces. We don't just guess what the, what the variables are. We have solid ways for the last 200 years to figure this out. Okay. So I'm not, it's not like I'm using some unknown crazy math to figure this out either. So, so you, so you've taken your analysis and uh, attempted to pursue it in other election years that we can assume were not stolen. Yes, yes. and you and you'll get a so if, listen. So you go to Trump versus Hillary, mm -hmm. you will get clouds of probability in every state of the union. You do Obama versus McCain, Obama versus Romney, you get clouds of probability. All of a sudden, in twenty twenty. And in the primaries of 2022, Republican primaries, not Democrat. And in 20, the general election 2022, now everybody's voting according to these perfect manifold services. Flatline. So let, let me actually hone in on something that you just said. You also said in Republican primaries, I'm assuming that would be for the most establishment candidates. Yes. <laughs> so for I, instance, tur yeah. Turtle Mitch. Yep. Uh, Lombardo, Lombardo, the most in Nevada, most unpopular Republican for the governor's race, somehow wins the primary and now is sitting in the governor's mansion while all his other Republican fellows lost their statewide races. Wow. Sounds like Biden, right? Biden, yeah. most unpopular person in the Democrat Party in the primaries, now yeah. sitting in the White House with a vice president who's also most unpop one of the most unpopular people in the Democrat primary. Certainly. Clown world. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So let me talk about the beauty of Nevada. Because like I said, you can actually simplify the math even further. Okay. okay. So this is why Nevada is beautiful. It's not just because Beatles is there. It's a blessing <laughs> that Beatles is there because it's the easiest one to explain to the public 
because you don't even have to get into these 3D manifolds. So what I'm showing you is the actual way they're rigging the election. But from this, because Nevada is so simple on this flat line, this flat plane, mm -hmm. there are simpler approximations that happen in this election that you can't even get in Atlanta because it's a curved surface. Okay. So what we're going to do is take these same definitions, okay, and we're going to change our proportions to percentages, okay? Okay. So we're going to say that lambda, this is a Greek letter that I'm familiar with, okay? We're going to, we're going to def redefine everything here. It's the same thing. I'm just, I just want to redo it, okay? From scratch, so people are following. So G, this is the west side percentage, okay, is Trump uh, early. So this means early now. There's no election day there. Mm -hmm. Over Trump early plus Biden mail-in. H will be Trump mail-in over Trump mail-in plus Biden early. Okay, so this is the east side percentage for Trump. This is the west side percentage. Our aggregate for Trump, okay, is Trump early, plus Trump mail-in over all four vote totals. Instead of using the proportion of east to west, we're going to say what percentage exists on the west side. So this is a second aggregate. This is Trump early plus Biden mail-in over all four vote totals. Okay. okay. So <clears throat> if I were to write the other one, Q, which was Trump mail-in plus Biden early, over Biden mail-in plus Trump early. There's an equivalence between them that just says lambda equals, uh, I think it's like Q minus Q over Q plus one or something. I'd have to look it up. But there's okay. a, there's a there's an equivalence between them, and we're going to use this version. Okay. Okay. And the reason we're going to do that is because we get a much simpler equation for the aggregate percentage here. So here we get. The aggregate is also equal to, if you know the other three variables, okay, it's equal to G times lambda, because this is now, lambda is now acting as a weight. What weight does G carry? And I'll explain that in a moment. Plus H times 1 minus lambda. So now this is a weighted average. Okay, this is the weighted average form of alpha. This is... So what this says is, on the west side of the diagram, Trump early plus Biden mail-in, what percentage of all the ballots exists on that west side compared to the whole gymnasium? Okay. What weight do they carry? Okay. Yeah. So that, that's what lambda is. Okay. And notice that this is very similar to, um, if you know, let's say the election was fair. And you knew what the average proportion of east to west was. Let's say it was 63%. So 63% was the average value of lambda across the precincts. Okay. Then you would get is approximately equal to in every precinct. This would be a fair election. Okay. G times 0 0.63. Okay. Plus. H times 1 minus that number, okay, 
times 0 0.37. And this will give you a flat plane equation for G and H. So 0 0.63 plus 0 0.37. Okay. This would be a flat plane. However, I said this is the approximate because in a fair election, lambda is not going to be the exact same in every single precinct. That's right. where you get your cloud of probability. So you would get a variation. Let's say the standard deviation will be plus or minus, you know, 8%. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, that's where you get these clouds of probability that have an average surface that passes through them. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does it mean then when all the precincts are in a perfectly flat plane, like in the actual election? It means that lambda has no variation. It means in 1,286 precincts and two counties on opposite sides of the state of Nevada, if you take Trump's early vote, and Biden's mail-in vote, and divided by all early and mail-in ballots cast, you will get the exact same value of lambda in every same percentage in every single precinct, give or take 1%. Doesn't matter if Trump won or lost the precinct, doesn't matter if it's in Washoe or in Clark County, any precinct you choose, you see the numbers 65, 62, mm -hmm. you see this, this is the actual column, okay? It's the exact, not the exact same, but it's almost the same because we're reducing the formula. The true formula, again, is more like Atlanta, where it's curved. It's just that the curvature is so slight that you can't see it, which causes a little more variation in lambda. However, for the sake of the layman's argument here, I have 1,286 precincts where Trump's elect early vote and Biden's mail-in vote occupies the exact same, this is the pink column, the same exact percentage of all ballots cast, give or take one or 2% at most. Now, if that sounds, you know, like, you know, well, what's wrong with that? Ed? Well, imagine if, if Trump's early vote and Trump's mail-in vote in every precinct, so Trump early and Trump mail-in, was 63% in every single precinct, and Trump won the election. You think Democrats would go to court and win? Oh, absolutely. Even if there was a little variation of 1% or 2%, right? Mm -hmm. And now let's say that Trump's early vote and Biden's early vote was 63% of all the ballots cast. <laughs> Here's the actual average, 63.62 with a standard deviation of 3 and Trump won the election. Do you think Democrats would go to court and win and say the early vote was stuffed in Trump's favor? Yeah, I think they would. Now, all I'm saying is, instead of it being Trump election day and Trump mail-in being the same, or Trump election early, Trump early and Biden early being the same, I'm saying Trump early and Biden mail-in is the same in every single precinct, give or take 1% or 2%. So then is the same true for the other side? The Biden early is the same as uh, uh, plus the, the Trump mail-in? Yes. So, yes. so for instance, this will only be 
Yep. And the other side will always be about 37. Okay. So this creates a very interesting situation in the layman's document we're going to go to. Where this is why I love Nevada because because whoever did this was stupid enough to make it a flat plane, they allow me to expose this to the general uh, public without them needing a math degree. It's beautiful. Okay. So that creates a situation where if you give me four numbers, just call them A, B, C, D. So some total T equals A plus B plus C plus D. Okay. They're all positive. And I say, here's the total, 1,000, and A is equal to 300. Can you tell me the individual value of either B, C, or D? I couldn't. No, nobody can. <laughs> That's impossible. That's yeah. impossible. <laughs> but here's what happens because they rigged the election like this. Let's say this is Trump early, Biden mail-in, Okay. Trump, Trump mailing, and we'll put Biden uh, early here. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I say there's a thousand votes, and I'm going to give you Trump's early vote, 200. Well, I know that 63% of the ballots are either Trump early or Biden mailing. So what do I do? Go to my calculator, multiply by 0.63, subtract Trump's early vote. I guarantee you 430 is Biden's mail-in vote, regardless of what the other two are. So how does this work? How, how, yeah. how do you rig an election like this? Okay, Exactly. It's really simple. Because this is, this is how it works. So here is a sample precinct before they rig it, okay? Where you would assume that the way in which people cast their ballot wouldn't influence who they vote for, okay? Mm-hmm. So you have 300 to 200, all right? Trump early, Biden early. So Trump has 60% of the early vote. And you have 600 to 400. So Trump also has 60% of the mail-in vote. Now, in reality, it wouldn't be exactly 60% for either, but I'm just keeping the math easy. Sure. But you would expect that the election day percentage would be similar to the early or the mail-in percentage, mm-hmm. just like in our previous elections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, doesn't mean there can't be a little edge, but you can't have a 30% gap across the precinct. That doesn't sure. make sense. All right, so here, here it is before they rig it. So you have 300, 200 Trump, Biden early. 600, 400 Trump, Biden, mail. So now you add up all the ballots and you get 1,500 ballots cast. Okay, okay, what's Trump's early vote? 300? All right, multiply 1,500 by that number, subtract his vote, and that's Biden's new mail-in vote. And you're going to pull from Trump's mail-in vote. So we go from 400, 600 to 663 to 337. The early vote doesn't change because they can't change the early vote once they report it. Right. But they can always flip the mail-in votes according to these formulas. Okay. And <clears throat> any idea on how that would be done? I mean, through the the hand adjudication, perhaps? Or, or are they doing it electronically? That I don't have an answer to, but I can pretty much tell you how to answer the question for yourself. 
Okay, right? go ahead. Let's go back to our gymnasium on that question. Mm-hmm. Suppose this was the real way we had our elections, and there was no mail vote, it was just election day. It was like a caucus, like the, uh, the Iowa caucuses. All around the country, you said all the Trump voters stand on this side of the gym, all the Biden voters stand on that side of the gym. Mm-hmm. Who do you think would have won the election? Well, Trump. So what's the difference between what I just said and how and how we vote today? Well, uh, I, I mean, it's not happening all at once. For We're one. voting on machines. Yeah, you're voting on machines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that to me is the optimum razor solution it, 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 to it what, what you just asked. Yeah, yeah. It certainly <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. So something tells me that if you can't get any rallies, you can't win a caucus with a with a physical head count that I can mm. see. No. Two eyes. I want to see all the Biden votes, please. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, 90% of them are dead. Well, I don't think that's true, but. I mean, it's it's hyperbolic, but, you know. <laughs> no, no, I mean, even with the voter registration. But for I'm very exact. I never want to be held to anything that's a mathematical statement. Okay, okay. That isn't true. So dead voters really don't account for as much as the fraud as you think. Really? The majority of the fraud is done right here at the adjudication level, you have to assume. In fact, we have their own formulas for that. If I can find that real quick. Um, let me stop sharing my screen because I don't want to. I'm going to go through my emails real quick. Uh, I'm going to pop right back in. So don't don't worry. Okay. And I want to show you their their own. Oh, actually, I think I have it in my downloads here. Neural network machine. Okay. So I don't need to go into my email. That's the good news. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to share my screen again. Some people, I mean, I can understand people get mad if I expose all their information on a live stream. They're like, Ed, what the hell? Don't want to do okay. that. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So let's, let's pull these up. So this is neural networks and elections PDF from, uh, for adjudication. Okay. So this is the National Institute of Technology from the U.S. Department of Commerce. So this is how they start playing around with ballots with markings, as you can see here, that they can't read. Or at least this is their Trojan horse to get these types of systems in. And you'll see here that there's a massive vector formula right here. See this here? Mm-hmm. So th- this is what they start doing. They, they use these neural networks to adjudicate ballots. The thing is, once they have, we don't know what type of a learning program they actually train these neural networks in, but we have no idea what their their multivariate polynomial or function looks like, okay? So this is, if I go to the very top, this isn't just some crazy document. This is, all the information is here, okay? U.S. Department of Commerce. So this is how they they sneak these these things in, improving the accuracy of ballot scanning using supervised learning. Okay, and that that's how they sneak these uh these programs in here to start playing around. Okay, with all these manifold formulas that start looking like you know, like the one that I had before, things that look like this with all these functions. Okay. I have to assume that that's what they're doing. So your ask where it's happening is happening at the machine level 
and it's happening with adjudication. Because, and remember, it's not, it's really not a, a supposition or a hypothesis or a guess. This is the actual precinct data from the county recorder. And it says that there is this perfect formula that everybody casts their ballots to across 1,286 precincts and two counties on opposite sides of the state Nevada. That can only be done by a machine. Uh, absolutely. Well, even, what, have, even, have humans, fig- even humans can't rig an election that perfectly. If have, you have, you, older, yeah. have you figured out like uh, what is the probability of that particular distribution happening? I mean, oh, yeah. it must be damn near zero. You ready? Yeah, I'll let the jury decide that. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my answer if I ever comes up in a courtroom. And Mrs. Great. Solomon, have you calculated the probability of throwing a grain of sand into the ocean and then retrieving it on the next uh, uh, tide, the next <laughs> the next high tide? Yeah, yeah. I'll let the jury decide what the chance of that is. Good luck. Because the amount yeah. of variables that actually go into that would be unbelievable. But we all know the chance is like zero in real life. Certainly. So, like the the chance of of Trump's mail-in vote, sorry, Trump's early vote and Biden's mail-in vote being the same percentage of all ballots cast in every precinct is, well, I'll let the jury decide I mean, what no, the chance of that is. That's astronomical. So, <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> So, Ed, uh, you know, I would imagine, obviously, you're very intelligent. I trust this math. A lot of this is familiar to me. I understand the concepts. Uh, what about getting the the rest of the community to listen? I mean, the people who it matters. Well, I would start with Nevada because Nevada opens the door to places like Atlanta where the math is harder. Mm-hmm. OK, I, I can't walk into a courtroom with Atlanta as the first case of impression because the math is just too hard. Okay. So I wrote here at the end of this layman's document. Okay. If you don't mind, if I just read this here, no, go ahead, go ahead. People cannot trust that, which they cannot understand. Let us suppose for the sake of the argument that I am wrong. The elections were fair and my exhibits are without standing. Yet I protested that I was right. I even believe that I was right. How would you know which side to trust? Each person is proficient in their own trade. A chef knows the most exquisite recipes. A mechanic can change out an axle with their eyes closed. A mathematician is familiar with geometric forms and advanced identities. A seamstress is quick and nimble and makes the clothes that you wear. A nurse houses stabilize the most critical patients, and a heart surgeon performs miracles with a knife. Advanced mathematics and computer programming are not skills expected of the general public, such as reading, typing, and writing. Perhaps I seem harsh at the start of this article with phrases such as dumbed-down explanations or lower the bar any further. Yet I would require a dumbed-down explanation of how to change an accent, how to repair a rip in my clothes, how to perform CPR, how to cook an extraordinary meal. And even with such a dumbed-down explanation, I would fail to install a reliable axle. I would fail to repair the rip in my clothes, at least in a way that looked nice. A person that I performed CPR on might die when a professional would have kept them alive, and the meal that I made would have completely sucked compared to the chef's, okay? (laughs) 
Thus, your inability to understand advanced mathematics and computer, computer programming is not something to be ashamed of. Such skills are not expected of the ordinary person, nor should they be expected of you. I've often heard other data analysts remark that we should get rid of voting machines because the computer code is unavailable to the public, which is true. It's not. Okay. Mm -hmm. But suppose the code was available to the public. Would it matter? <laughs> the general public would not be able to understand the mathematics embedded within the code anyway. No. Thus, if the election was indeed rigged and the code was available, and I pointed out to you with the code exactly where the rig was occurring, you most likely still wouldn't be able to understand. How can the general public be expected to determine whether or not I am telling the truth of computer programming and mathematics is not a skill of the general public? Thus, my response to the remark concerning the non-availability of software code is that it's a moot issue because the public cannot trust that which they cannot understand. On that premise, we should not be using computers and machines to calculate our votes because the computers and machines are beyond the understanding of the public. Rather, we should have a whatever, hand-counted whatever, under mm -hmm. the watch of party observers. Uh, what I say? We should have a caucus-style election or a hand-counted paper ballot election mm -hmm. under the watch of party observers because those are systems that people understand. So if something goes wrong, Zach, you, you can go to court and everybody knows what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay? Furthermore, advanced mathematics and computers are not skills expected of our law enforcement. How many detectives walks around with intricate knowledge of quaternionic vectors and hyper-complex least squares regression? How many police officers know how to recognize suspicious mathematical activity? <laughs> Law enforcement cannot investigate that which they cannot understand. Again, on that final premise, we should not have computers and machines calculating our votes, since any nefarious activity is beyond the ability of our law enforcement officers to both recognize and investigate. And to repeat the hypothetical, suppose I am wrong, how would you know? Suppose I am right, how would you know, Zach? Get rid of the machine. So whether I'm even right or wrong, that's why we have to get rid of machines. Because the fact that I have to get into stuff like this to actually truly prove election fraud is an issue. Yes, it is. Okay? I'm not making it up. It's right there. I swear to God, this is true. But the fact that we have to get to this level is why we need to get rid of machines, okay? And anybody, you know, on the enemy side wants to come on the show and tell me how we get the same percentage of ballots cast in 1,200 precincts in two counties on opposite sides of the state of Nevada never seen before in any election prior, I would love to have that debate or just listen to their explanation. I won't even debate them. I, I just want to hear. And, and has, has, anyone, <laughs> has anyone attempted to refute... No. The information? Nobody did. No, so has, Ray, have they Ray even Lutz, acknowledged it? There was a man named Ray Lutz that made an initial attempt. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was doing the pure mathematics with, you know, the manifolds and the quartic equations and all that crap. Yep. And he knew that the general public didn't understand this kind of stuff. So he just found ways to beat around the bush. And that's when I said, hey, how about the strong linear approximations of one plus one equals two in Nevada, where I had the same percentage of ballots in every precinct? No response, crickets. Right. But when I break it down like that, I say, Ray Luss, I said, you severely underestimate the intelligence of the general public if you think you can stand before a jury and convince them that it's perfectly ordinary and reasonable 
for 1,286 precincts in two counties on opposite sides of the state of Nevada that have the same percentage of ballots cast for Trump early and Biden mailing. You'll, you'll, it will never happen. Mm-hmm. So you might you might as well just stop now, dude. And he did. And he never responded. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all I want to get. Like, does it really sound that hard, that argument I'm trying to get into a courtroom? No. This is why they don't want me in the courtroom. Because once yeah. I'm there, that's how it's going to go down. So just thinking about places where we could perhaps get this into a courtroom. Uh, right now, Carrie Lake is uh, preparing to go back to court. Have you done any investigation into uh, uh, the yeah, midterms so in Arizona? Carrie Lake and Trump in both years are rigged with pretty much the same formula. Mm-hmm. So what they have is a four-dimensional formula. Okay. So they use, uh, they're still using um, East and West over there, mm-hmm. but they're actually going by the number of registered voters. So we're going to have to define two things here. We're going to say P is Trump, and they only have election day. Trump uh, election day over the number of registered voters. So okay. That's the percentage of people that turned out of on election day in the precinct. Okay, for Trump on election day. And then Q will be Biden and Malin over registered voters. Okay. So if you know P and Q, then you also know G, which is the West Side percentage. Because G is going to be equal to, um, because they have the same denominator, registered voters. Okay. You get TE over R divided by Biden Malin over R. The R is canceled. Okay. Um, actually, okay. Let me be a little more. Okay, yeah. So you get that, and you're going to get uh, TE over Biden Malin. Okay. And then there's a conversion. Again, it's like one over something plus one. That brings you to that G percentage, which is equal to TE over TE plus BM. Okay. So there's a there's a identity from this proportion to this one. So the, the way they, they rig the elections over there is they don't use they don't they don't go by the number of ballots cast they go by the percentage of registered voters that cast their ballots. Okay. Okay. So the thing is is that I can't show you a four dimensional manifold directly, but I can give you an idea of what that looks like. So see this this object here, mm-hmm. this, this random object. What we're going to do is, um, let's make something a little more easy to understand. X squared plus X two five XY minus point two X. Okay. Y. Something like this. So this is three of the four dimensions. So the, the four dimensions are the percentage of people that turned out to vote for Trump early. And the per- on election day, this is Maricopa. The second one is the percentage of people that turned out to vote for Biden in the mail in Maricopa. The other two percentages are lambda, east to west, and they're they're rigging uh, lambda. That, that's what they're determining, proportion of east to west. And alpha is already predetermined. So they, they already chose what Trump's aggregate was going to be in the precincts. <laughs> Long story short, the, the, the put in a shorthand, you're going to get lambda is a function of predetermined aggregate for Trump, Q and P, P and Q, okay? 
These are the four variables. And then what you end up with is I'm going to add this fourth dimension down, okay, plus KX. And let's say K is the percentage of people that turned out to vote for Trump. Um, um, the percentage of registered voters that turned out for Trump in a precinct, okay? And then this manifold is all the precincts. So as K varies, the manifold, depending on which four-dimensional slice of K you go to, will warp itself in this perfect algebraic expression, perfectly predictable. However, that doesn't mean that you have a moving manifold. It's actually static in four dimensions. Does that make sense? Okay, I think. This is, you're, all you're seeing is different slices of this four-dimensional object, depending on the number of people that turned out to vote, registered voters that came out for Trump on election day. That's the parameter by which we're X-raying this four-dimensional space in three dimensions. Okay. So if you go through Maricopa, you get this function of Trump registered, Biden mail and registered, predetermined aggregate, and then they rig the east to west side percentage lambda with the formula. Okay. And I so what the way you show this is you just you just take all the precincts and put them in layers. I call it strata. You ever seen stratify layers of rock? Yes. Okay. So so something like um so what you do is you show see how the if I can get a, a good picture and so let me open image new tab. And what you do is imagine you had different colors here. So mm -hmm. bring this into paint. And this this is how you have to show four dimensions if it ever comes out in a courtroom. I hope it doesn't. Because <laughs> it's not it's not easy. But I'm just gonna draw a couple of lines. So I'm gonna try to sort of follow the pattern. Let's say mm -hmm. this is the that's one layer of stratification. And that's one that and this is going to represent a three-dimensional manifold. For some, so let's say you take all the precincts that had between seven and eight percent turnout for Trump on election day of registered voters. That would be a level of stratification. And what you show is that when you plot all the precincts according to these layers of stratification, you end up with a stratified series of manifolds. So you color code each level. And when you color code each one, then you can see that the precincts are clearly rigged in four dimensions. Okay. However, what we ultimately judge that by is by the R squared value. How accurate is the formula? We're not just looking at it and say, it looks like it's a four dimensional manifold, Your Honor. You have to believe me. No, we go by the R squared value. The R squared value of Maricopa is zero, nine, 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 has six nines. Same thing for Carrie Lake. It's almost the same formula, just with different concepts. Okay. Mm -hmm. So have you spoken with Carrie Lake's legal team? I mean, with this uh, information? Did, but yeah. it was, it, they didn't, they didn't care. So they didn't I don't care. know what to say. Okay. Uh, I don't know what to say. I did, well, but they, they don't care. But what about you can see, this is why Nevada is so important because Nevada, the math is very easy. It mm -hmm. says, I have an equation that says I can tell you Biden's mail-in vote only yes. knowing the total number of ballots cast and Trump's early vote, regardless of the other four numbers in that group, the other two numbers. In other words, Biden's mail-in vote is completely independent 
of Trump's mail-in and Biden's early vote. And just to give you, an, to show you, this is in the layman's eye. Here is how well Trump's early vote predicts Biden's mail-in vote with the approximation, and you get an R squared of 986. That's <laughs> extraordinary. Yes. But here is how well Trump's early vote predicts Trump's own mail-in vote. You get an R squared of 886. In other words, Trump's early vote predicts Biden's mail-in vote with very high precision, but it can't predict his own mail-in vote. Wow. 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 <laughs> well, can you believe that, Zach? No, yes, I that's, can't. From, that's from the same election. <laughs> and that's because all they're doing, the reason they can is because they can't change the early vote after it's cast. Okay? Mm-hmm. Even if they rig the early vote, they can't change it ever again. Okay, so now, so now when they when they run their they do their neural network crap, okay, they have to go. Okay, well, uh, we have fifteen hundred ballots cast, multiply by sixty, whatever, subtract Trump early as Biden's new mail-in vote, and now the natural correlation from Trump's early vote to Trump's mail-in vote, which there normally would be one, gets shattered. Hmm. Okay. So the correlations in previous elections between all the vote totals is usually about 0.93. Okay. It's, they're still pretty high, but they're not 9.9 or 9.8. Right. And they're also not lower than 0.9 in a fair election. And there's a reason for that. And this is just basic statistics. Okay. In this case, let's say the average proportion of uh, mail into election day votes is two to one. Right. Mm hmm. So regardless of what Trump's total is, um, let's say the early vote for Trump is, you know, A, then he most likely has two A mail-in votes. And that's why you'll get a pretty strong 0.9 correlation, 0.93 in previous elections. But here, the reverse of of reality happens. Here, Biden's mail-in vote can be predicted with almost absolute precision but Trump's early vote falls under 0.9 quite significantly. And people go, well, you're talking about little decimal changes of 0.3 to 9.8 or 0.3 to 8.8. Um, actually, let me tell you something. Because you can sit here with these normally distributed fair election generators where you just generate things with mean and standard deviation. Okay, There's something in science called the Five Sigma Rule. Okay. Five sigma means you have to prove something way beyond a reasonable doubt, and it's using particle physics. So I guarantee if you sit there and start generating, um, you know, you give Trump an election day percentage with some mean and standard deviation, and then you say, and then Trump's mail-in percentage will be, you know, 20% minus the mean to keep it correlated per precinct with some standard deviation difference, okay, sigma of y. And then you go put in the proportion of election mail into election day ballots. We're going to do percentage cast instead of proportion. And you give that a mean and standard deviation. And then you go say, what's the correlation of this vote total to this vote total and x, y over the integers? And you're going to get, you know, knowing the total ballots cast or just knowing and some total a, it predicts B with an R squared of 0.93, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then you perform that experiment 10,000 times. And you get a list of, of each experiment. Okay, 
And what you end up getting is a mean value, R squared, of 0, 0.92, let's say 9.3, with a very small standard deviation of 0. let's say 0, 0.6. In other words, for me to get a 9.9 or an 8.8, 8, like I do in Nevada, it's well beyond five standard deviations of the mean expectation. Mm -hmm. And if you showed that in particle physics, you would get a Nobel Prize. <laughs> all right so so knowing that uh what about what about your peers uh ha have you been able to get anyone with your level of understanding and comprehension to be able to take a look at this and and admit its significance before i answer that question do you think that what I showed you, at least when it comes to the, the the linear approximations, that you need to be a PhD to understand. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think necessarily. I mean, as long as you can grasp the concepts that you're working with, then I think that pretty much anybody can do it. And not they doesn't mean they could actually do the uh, uh, the formulas and figure it oh, out yeah, on their own. But all right, sorry, it's okay. Yeah. I didn't hear what you said there for a second. Oh, I, ju I just said, uh, I, I think just about anybody could understand where you, what you're doing, but doesn't mean so that they would be able to figure it out on their own. your question. Yeah. So I went to Boston at the International JMN Conference in 2023. Mm -hmm. That was back in January 7th. And you can't walk into academia without election for Right. Okay? So what I did was I changed the labels. I kept all the labels in the spreadsheet the exact same. I just changed what the, the labels were. Okay? And I changed them from vote totals to stock market prices and indexes. Oh, they're going to love that. And then I went here, okay, and this is me giving a a huge, okay, I think you have to share your audio. Just go to the end. Yeah. Oh, you can't hear the audio? Yeah, I can't hear the audio. Well, anyway. Well, whether, whether you can see the audio or not, okay? I'm talking to a bunch of people that have PhDs in number theory, uh, Lee algebra, physics, particle physics, teaching them about something called quaternionic least squares, which is what they're actually using to actually rig the elections, by the way. But all I did was change all the graphs at the end, okay? All the data that I was showing them. You see these graphs with the R-squared ones? You see those streaks there? Yes. Those are election percentages for four different races simultaneously, but I, was, I, re, I reworded it as stock prices and stock indexes. And I go, isn't it amazing that human behavior can be so predictable <laughs> so <laughs> okay so so they they so they agreed they agreed with the validity of the data just not understanding that it was actually election fraud that you were talking about something i had else. to sneak it in somehow man wow wow so um so what was the result of this presentation here well what I had done, you see the title here says closed form 
quaternionically squared regression. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, and I know most people are not going to understand what I'm about to say. Yeah. But I'm about to tell you how they really, truly swear to God, rig these elections. Okay. Okay. They rig four races at a time with the exact same equation. What? That's right. I'm going to show you what I mean. In mathematics, there's something called a vector. Okay. So we're going to look at how you would rig two races at a time. So let's say you want to rig the presidential race and the governor's race at the same time. Okay. Okay. So the way vector arithmetic works to be really quick is you draw a unit circle here. And if you multiply two vectors from the origin, okay, all you do is multiply their their magnitudes and add their angles. So let's say I have a vector here at 30 degrees with a square length, if you did the Pythagorean theorem of whatever this is, of two, okay, that's the length of that sun. I had another vector here at... Um, 135 degrees. And it has a square length of, uh, say, three. So I multiply these, the two vectors, which is here and here. And we're going to end up with something that's at 30 plus 135, which is 165 degrees, with a length of three times two, which is six. So we're going to end up with a vector that's at 165 degrees with a length of six. Okay. This is called a complex number. The way it works is if you have a complex number, uh, the x vector, okay, is going to be equal to x null. That's the real part. This is the, uh, then you're going to say, x1 times i, which is the lateral part here, up and down. The angle of that vector, you're going to have to use trigonometry, okay? You're going to get arctan, arctan 2, x1 over x null. That will tell you the angle of the vector. And then the magnitude, or the length of the vector, is just the Pythagorean theorem. So that magnitude of x is just the square root of x null squared plus x1 squared. But the beauty of complex numbers is that you don't actually have to do any trigonometry to make the trigonometry work. That's why they're beautiful and they're used in physics. Okay. Another way you can do this is just say x times y equals x null plus x1 i. i is the y-axis there. times y null plus y1i. And what you're going to get is the real part or the horizontal part is x null plus times y null minus, because i times i is negative 1, I'll explain that in a moment, minus x1 times y1. That's going to be our real part 
cos i, the y-axis, x null y1 plus uh, x1 y, uh, y null, okay? And that's going to be the lateral component, okay? And this, this expression for x times y does the exact same thing as adding the angles and multiplying their magnitudes. It's just two different ways of doing the same thing. And this way is actually way easier to compute. Okay. You don't have to do arctans. You don't have to do square roots. You don't have to do any of that crap. Okay. All right. So now how do you rig two races at a time? Well, now we're going to say there's going to be a vector. Let's say we have Trump and uh, who's a senator? Mitch McConnell. So let's say we're in whatever state. You're going to say, okay, here's a vector for Trump's east side percentage and Mitch McConnell's west side percentage. So here, the X direction or the horizontal direction is going to be the Trump east side percentage. This is Trump's G. The G equals Trump early over Trump early plus Biden mailing. But the other coordinate is going to be Mitch McConnell. Okay? This is Mitch East, and this is equal to G for Mitch is Mitch McConnell early over Mitch McConnell early plus whoever his opponent is, and we call it Democrat now. Okay. And now this forms a vector for the precinct. It has an angle and it has a magnitude. Okay. And now you do this for the uh the that's the sorry, this is the West. So we're going to call this the west side percentage vector for Trump and uh, Mitch McConnell. And now you have, let's say, the east side percentage vector for Trump and Mitch McConnell. And then you say, what's the aggregate percentage? Well, Trump got uh, 60% of the vote and Mitch McConnell got 40% of the vote at this precinct. So you get 60, 40. Okay, and that's the Trump. This is the alpha vector. This is the H vector. Now what they do is they write a formula in vectors, and they say Mitch, the aggregate vector for Trump and Mitch McConnell will be equal to some complex number times the G vector, which is west side, plus some complex number times the H vector, plus some complex number constant. Now you're rigging two elections with one equation. Okay. I kid you not. Okay. <laughs> Now, what's a quaternion? Okay, so let's let's explain what this i is. What what i is? If I said what's the square root of twenty five, what what would you say? Five, isn't it? Is there another answer? Um, I I, I would maybe I guess <laughs> negative five. Negative five. Okay. Negative five times negative five is positive twenty five. Now right. I'm going to say what's the square root of negative twenty five. Um, I mean, that's, uh, I, I don't know. I actually, I don't know that one. All right. So it's called, um, left or right. Why? Negative is behind you, right? If the, if the way you're yeah. facing is forward is in front of you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Behind you. Okay. So the square root can be thought of two consecutive motions that brings you to a certain orientation. So if you go if you make two left turns, which way are you facing? 
You're facing in the opposite direction. Right. If you make two right turns, which way are you facing? In the opposite direction. So the square root of negative 25 is also plus or minus 5, but times the left or right direction. Okay. Okay. So now, well, all this means is that, well, this is I left, and this is negative I, which is right. You made a right turn. Mm -hmm. I is 90 degrees, right? So okay. I times I is 90 plus 90. That's 180, right? Mm -hmm. You add the angles. So the square root of a negative number is a left or a right turn. Okay. In fact, people know that intuitively when they're driving their car. <laughs> sure. So that's that, That's how it works. So, for instance, the square root of I, somebody like, what's the square root of I? Well, not square root I is at 90 degrees in this diagram. So the square root of I is at 45 degrees, okay? Because 45 plus 45 is 90. So mm -hmm. you'll get a number that says square root of 2 over 2 plus square root of 2 over 2 times I. Swear to God, if you multiply those, you're going to get just I, okay? So that's how complex numbers work. You just add the angles and multiply the, the magnitudes, okay? Okay. So... Now, what's a quaternion, okay? A quaternion involves more than just left or right, okay? It also involves up and down and twists and not twisting. So we're going to draw a sphere here, okay? And a quaternion, we're going to define, we're going to put an observer, like in physics, in the middle of this diagram. And the way he's facing and the object that he's observing we're going to call this a length of one. So if I'm looking at a, a mountain, the distance for me to that mountain is one unit of length, okay? The mountain is here. We're just going to call this the Q vector, the forward vector, whatever in front of me. That's the observation vector. Now, we're going to define left as I, right as negative I. And if I go up or down, we're going to call that J. And if I did a somersault, twice, I would end up facing behind me, right? Mm -hmm. So I times I is negative one, but if you travel in the direction of J, twice, you end up behind yourself as well, okay? Okay. So here, we're going to put this as the negative of the observation vector. This is the up vector J. This is the down vector J. If I somehow could somersault through the floor, I'd also be facing behind myself. And then we have one more. Can Are you able to see me on camera right now? Yes. Okay. So then we have one more, and that's twist, torque. Okay. okay. So I can continue facing forward looking at the mountain, but maybe I twist. So the orientation is still different. We call that the K dimension. Okay. okay. Counterclockwise and clockwise torque. So... The multiplication table for these things is very similar to the complex numbers, okay? They, and long story short is it's a way you multiply vectors that now have four components instead of just two, okay? So now you can rig four races at a time. Wow. <laughs> and I was the first person to discover how to back solve a a, a quaternionic system of multiple multiple variables. And I did that by back by reverse engineering how they rigged our elections. 
So I'm technically not the first person to do it. Somebody else actually must know how to do it, but they never published it. So when I showed the society of the Quaternion nerds over there that I solved this outstanding problem, they're like, wow, this is amazing. Come come to our conference and speak about it. I'm like, no problem. I'll be right there. (laughs) (laughs) So I technically didn't solve it. I reverse engineered how they rigged the elections. I basically figured out how another person did it, and we don't know who that other person is. Okay. So ha- have you published this? Are you going to publish this? Well, that's it's still waiting in the journal for about three months now. Okay. So they didn't reject it. At least the journal that I actually want to have published. So I don't know. I'm going to have to wait for their decision. Uh, I don't mention I, anything about elections. I was going to say, listen, I'm assuming that they don't. you don't say anything about elections in the, in the article. <laughs> so, so and, wow. and listen if somebody wants to come forward and say ed solomon stole my work i'm the guy that rigged the elections i'll, I'll be I'll, I'll i'll be glad to make that admission <laughs> no, no, no problem that's great all right well listen ed, we're, we've got a, we've got a couple of people on the line who are looking to speak with you tonight um but can, before... I, can I get about five minutes real quick? oh yes i was i was going to ask if you had anything else that you wanted to make sure we hit before we bring anybody else in no, just make sure they get the layman's document. So I'm going to give you the, put this in the chat. So I will do that. I just want them to see. And there's links to other documents in here as well. But this is, um, where do I go to? Uh, drop it, drop it into the chat at the bottom of the Zoom window. Okay. Give me about five or six minutes. I do have to take care of my grandmother. For okay. Okay. Make go sure ahead. everything's okay. No problem. Let me. All right, guys, I'm going to drop this document into the chats. If you are good at math, then I am strongly suggesting you guys call in tonight. Um, yeah, I have a couple more questions for Ed, but obviously his uh, his grandmother is uh, is sick and he takes care of her. So uh, that's what he's doing right now. While we're waiting for Ed to come on back in, let me go through the thank yous over here on the Foxhole. Uh, Ohio Kimmy, thank you very much for that cookie. Uh, Boise Blanc. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> Boise Blanc uh, says, I hope everyone is having a great weekend. Rook Castle says, you cannot find that which you do for which you do not look. Uh, Just Duckies, thank you for the cookie. Rashawn Joe, thank you for the cookie. Nakaz, 808, good to see you, buddy. Man, I almost failed Calc 3, and I hated the Derive program, LOL. I never took calculus. So, uh, Scout 65, if Republicans do more mail-in votes in 24, will it make any difference in this formula? Now, what I'm assuming, based upon uh, what Ed presented, is that uh, no, it doesn't, because they're able to adjust it on the fly. The only way that it wouldn't make a difference, uh, that it would be beneficial for us to do more mail-in ballots or more early uh, or early or mailing or election day voting, uh, is if we were not using electronic voting machines. We'll ask Ed that when he comes back. Sean Joe, thank you very, very much for the cookie. I appreciate it. And I don't think anything, yeah, nothing over on Rumble. All right, let me just check here. Um, okay. <laughs> yes, uh, Marinda. Yes, the answer is yes. Yes. Okay. 
And all right. So you guys, I actually have uh, something kind of lighthearted to uh, perhaps break this up a little bit. Let me show you something that uh, my mother found today. This is a collection of creepy tweets from none other than Miss E. Jean Carroll herself. Now, from E. Jean's collection of tweets, it appears that she's got one thing on her mind, one thing and one thing only, and that's sex. Uh, Let's see. Here's a sex tip she learned from her dog. When in heat, chase the male until he collapses with exhaustion, then jump him. She tweeted out about how to seduce a person without even meeting them. She says here, women were born to seduce. Uh, It's not the most beautiful woman who gets the most men. It's those who seduce the most men. Uh, Ideas on how to dominate a man. Uh, Let me see. What can be done about the penis? It gets large when you want it small and stays small when you want it large. How do you know if your unwanted sexual advance is unwanted until you advance it? Uh, And uh, finally, a man's right hand reveals the size of his penis. If that hand's reaching for his wallet, it's big enough. E. Jean Carroll, everyone, a real class act. Gotta love it. This is the woman who accused President Trump of rape. Uh, Apparently, she's claims to have been raped by six different individuals. President Trump is the only one that she claims raped her that she actually took to court or uh, tried to sue. She also didn't uh, actually call the police for any of these rapes. And if you remember, uh, as I do very well, uh, E. Jean Carroll had said on her interview with Anderson Cooper that rape was sexy. So I, I don't know. Uh, Something tells me that E. Jean Carroll is uh, less than stellar witness. I can't trust anything she says. All right. Uh, Let's see. What else? Oh, you know what? While we're we're waiting for Ed to come back, let me go ahead and uh, get this in here. Uh, The second half of the program is brought to you by our friends at onenessdrops.com. You can get your chlorine dioxide water purification kits at onenessdrops.com. Use code RP78. You'll save 15%. Uh, This is something great to have on hand if you're a prepper, if you're a camper, if you're a hiker, or if uh, you just want to go ahead and purify water no matter where you are. Chlorine dioxide is a safe and effective treatment for the purification of water. It's been used for decades Uh, I also have a special formulation that I put into my pet's water. You can also go to preparewithredpill78.com and save $200 off a three-month supply of emergency food. Plus, you're going to get a $200 survival gear kit, uh, which comes for free. The three-month supply of food has a whole host of delicious, nutritious foods with over 200 calories per day. Uh, These have a shelf life of up to 25 years. Everything is made in the United States of America. And then finally, we're also brought to you by our friends at MyPillow. Dot com. You can use code RP78 at MyPillow.com on all of Mike Lindell's products, whether it's MyPillow 2.0, the MyPillow slippers, the MyPillow bathrobes. They've even got socks and, uh, of course, duvet covers and uh, and a lot more. And the Giza Dream Sheets. That's right. So get into MyPillow.com, use code RP78, and uh, you will also be supporting the program. 
Okay, Ed, uh, is it okay to bring in our first caller? Yes, I just want to give you one more link. Okay. okay. This is the actual write-up, okay? This is like the PhD level for anybody who's a mathematician. Mm -hmm. And here, the Maricopa formula is there, okay? They just have to search the document for Maricopa. And people can take these documents on Google Docs, just hit save as copy, and you have a copy for yourself that you can do whatever you want with as well. I just want to give you that in the link. So that way people know that there is at least an official how they really rigged the election somewhere. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me get that. <clears throat> and I'll right. give you Maricopa of 2020 specific to anybody who's, you know, good at math can see how the language and the thought process has exactly has changed. Okay. So, and while you're pulling that up, um, how is this information being put into use in Nevada specifically? Are you involved in any cases there? I mean, you've mentioned Robert Beatles. He's a good friend of the program. We tried uh, one case with Lombardo versus Gilbert. And the attorney didn't want me to be a witness in the case, even though it was my work, because I was convicted of a A2 uh, sale of cocaine to an undercover officer. Okay. So they're like, "Whoa, you're too you're too toxic to be in a courtroom, so I can't have you." And of course, they ended up losing the case. Wow. Wow. So, that that's the that link is specifically for Maricopa. Okay. They're like, "Oh, well, he's a convicted felon, and all they're going to talk about is you have a you're convicted of a felony and you'll never get to talk." Meanwhile, they lost the case anyway. That's ridiculous. If I was there, that would have been I swear it would have been totally different. I would have been like, "Yo, I got the same percentage and 1,200 precincts in two counties on opposite sides of the state of Nevada. Let's just start there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, I mean, people make mistakes. People learn from those mistakes, and they go on to have very productive lives. I mean, Washington, D.C. is full of active criminals. <laughs> those people yeah. are given all kinds of respect. Uh, they, they it's not like I have a rap sheet. I have yeah. You screwed one, up once. One... <laughs> I'm in recovery. Okay. So I, I understand. I understand. Okay. <laughs> it's like a yeah. stupid thing I did in college. Okay. Sure. Sure. What do you want me to say? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think the audience is going to uh, hold you to it. So, but right. um, this is, uh, yeah. I mean, you should be, I, I, you would be a perfect expert witness. I mean, you're like the quintessential expert listen, witness when it comes to if this. If they want to know, listen, if anybody's, in, an expert in algorithmic election or algorithmic yep. fraud would be me. Okay. Yeah. I had absolutely. drones using three dimensional manifolds to fly around with cocaine. Okay. If anybody knows how to use manifolds to commit crime, it is definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> you had a sophisticated operation. <laughs> That's so That's funny. funny. Okay. That's, they didn't even reduce my charge. They said, Solomon. We know you're smarter. We know you're not a low height. We know you came from, you didn't come from adverse conditions. Mm -hmm. You're using <laughs> That's funny. You're getting the maximum sentence. <laughs> you don't even get that. I didn't get a plea bargain. I'm like, see you later. <laughs> All right. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Go ahead and unmute and make sure that your stream in the background 
is muted, so we're not getting the feedback. We were getting feedback, and I had to mute you. So I'm asking you to unmute your line. Hopefully, this is the this is the um the thing. People don't always know. There we go. Hey, can you hear me? I can. Yes. Make sure that stream is muted in the background, though, so we don't hear that. There we go. Okay, muted. All right, welcome hey, to the Jack, program. You know who this is? Is this Brad? This is Captain Brad Fry. Captain yes, Brad. Yes, sir. Welcome to the program, Brad. Good to have you. Hey, I'm I'm beaming right now. I'm so so glad you guys both got together. Ed, you killed it. You absolutely killed it, brother. Yes, sir. Oh, you saying there might be something wrong with 63% of the ballots cast always being Trump early or Biden mail-in in every precinct? I, well, I, I wanted to bring up that one long night session we had uh, in those two years where you came up with a 21 Sigma event. Oh, my God. Yeah, 21 standard deviations above the mean expectation in a fair election. Yeah. and That's, uh, that's a decimal fraction with so many zeros you, you can't even comprehend it okay yeah so zach i've been working with ed for two years and the guy's absolutely amazing i've seen him stay awake for 30 hours at a time uh we've got all his quotes like middle of the night banging his head on the wall this is really hard hold my imagine. beer all of all of the best quotes in the world. <laughs> Why is this so difficult? I say that all the time. Why is this so yeah. hard? <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then the solution turns out to be really easy once, once we figure it out. <laughs> yep. how, how do they rig Here's... this one? <laughs> yep. You know, hey, what I would like and... I would like to see I would like to see you going into a like a county clerk's office and like asking them to give you this specific information, like give it to me right now. I've never seen it before. And then tell them, you know, what the, uh, the other uh, results are going to be based upon one factor and then just watch their brains right. melt. over. I, I called out a blindfold, right? So some <laughs> people are like, well, if you already know the four vote totals, don't you already know the answer? I'm like, no, no, pretend it's a blindfold. Yeah. I have all the four numbers, Trump early, Biden early, Trump mail or Biden. Mail. But I only give you two. Yeah, numbers. I only give you total ballots cast. And Trump early. And there's a formula that keeps telling you Biden's mail-in, even though I didn't give you the, the other three vote totals. Right. All right? Should be that's, impossible. I, that, absolutely. Of course, it's Biden's mail <laughs> It's not yeah. Biden's provisional vote that has a formula. It's Biden's mail-in vote. <laughs> but yeah, yeah and the go. clerk, yeah. the clerk in Washington, County actually worked with Ed and threatened to sue Dominion to get the record. So not oh, all clerks okay, are bad. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that. I have the email exchange yeah. to prove that. Okay. So the long story short was Clark County had its data by counting group. Okay. They had mail-in, election day, early, all that for each candidate in every race. And I went over to look at Washaw because Beatles asked me to look at Washaw. Washaw didn't have that information. All they had was the total amount of votes for each candidate in a precinct. They didn't tell you the breakdown, early mail-in or election. So I called the clerk's office and I said, hey, um, 
this to the document here in Clark, I need something similar that this gives me the, the breakdown by counting group. That's what it's called, a counting group. So no, no problem. A few minutes later, somebody's angry in the office. I could hear them. They forgot I was on the phone. They never had it on file. Never had it, ever. Oh, wow. I said, Mr. Solomon, it appears we don't have that, but we'll go get it. A couple of days later, I say, hey, do you guys get it yet? I'm like, oh, we have, we're waiting for Dominion to give it to us. We might have to sue them. Wow. So Dominion is holding. The Dominion didn't even give them the individual vote totals by counting. They just said, here's, here's, here's the total, trust us? Yes. Wow. wow. And which tells me that the county report, I, I disagree with Beatles on this. The county reporters are not directly involved with this. Okay. Okay. They just go on fiat what's given to them. They might know the election's rigged, but they're not actually doing the the operation. Mm-hmm. And they and that that's proved by the fact that they, they they don't even have their own data that they're certifying. Yeah, they didn't even have it. And that's not just what that's a lot of counties in the United States. I have to call the county reporter's office. I have to wait. They have to either call Dominion, ESNS, Hart, whoever the hell the voting system is there. And I have to wait one or two weeks. And then it comes to where the county recorder nearly has to threaten to sue them to get the information. So this is not just Washoe. So we've outsourced our counting, calculating, <laughs> counting to a third party vendors that don't even give you the county all the information unless the county demands it. And then they're certifying elections. on. That just seems so fundamentally wrong. It does. And we don't. Because it is. It is. And sometimes you have to pay quite a bit of money to get the county recorder uh, data or the CBR. Some counties don't. Some county recorders don't even know how to do it. I have to get them in contact with people that know how to do it, what they're looking for and what they ask for. Hmm. Okay. Jackson County, Oregon wanted to charge me eighteen hundred dollars. But I asked for a couple extra things, like the contract to find out who signed the paperwork for the EIISAC contracts. So I wanted to find out who in the county signed a contract with uh, someone who was censoring me mm-hmm. and probably censoring you, Zach. So anyway, hey, I'm going to get off the phone. Let okay. somebody else get no. on. All right, Captain uh, Raffi, but you can get off. I do I do want to talk about it. It's a very important issue, which is the acquisition of information. So a yes, lot of sir, times you hear the mainstream media going, where's the evidence? Where's this? There's no proof. There's no this. Right. He never got to a court case. It's like, dude, first of all, you can't even get the goddamn information in mm-hmm. time to bring a court <laughs> case. Yeah, yeah. And if when you do get it, they... It comes in formats that are unintelligible. You'll get an actual PDF, which you can't even, it's not even a spreadsheet. Then you have to manually punch every pivot table of a PDF into a column-based format of a spreadsheet. That takes days to do. It mm-hmm. has no math involved. It's just, it's, it's like, you know, like the, the old scribes scribing into a stone tablet. It feels right. like that. Right. And then, once you get that all done, if you even manage to acquire the information in time, then you have to go analyze it, look for all the manifolds they're using to rig the elections, then you have to write up a paper, then you have to submit that to a courtroom. Where's the evidence? Where's it? Oh, by the way, you have to already know how they're rigging the elections because you're not going to figure out 
on your own in two weeks if you don't know how they're rigging the elections already. You're not going to derive how they're rigging the elections in two weeks. It took me almost two years to get the, the find the unified system they were using to rig the election. And you're one person. And, one, yes. The and, only person to have done it. Because and besides you know the guy is, who wrote it, <laughs> the academics are afraid they'll get yeah. canceled. Yeah. They'll get removed. It happens like look at the doctors on COVID, yeah. lost medical licenses. If you go against this unelected tyranny, it's not a government. If you go against this unelected, this selected tyranny, and you have any value in academic degrees, pensions, whatever, they will find a way to slaughter you. Because the last thing they want is credentialed people to come forward and say, hey, the elections are rigged, one plus one equals two in every precinct. Oh, yeah. I mean, that gives it legitimacy. Right. But I'm a convicted felon, so I don't care what they say about it. Sure. sure. <laughs> you can't do any more damage than, you, than I've already no, no. inflicted on myself from the bad. <laughs> Who better to convict them? <laughs> oh, works. you want to threaten me with two two weeks with contempt of court? No problem, Your Honor. I'll sit there for two weeks. I'll see you in the next hearing. One plus one still equals two in every precinct. Shut up or I'm going to hit you with uh, obstruction or whatever. Go ahead, do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll sit in the bullpen. I, I mean, it's just like it. People are once like, for instance, when you show a mathematician this, and Beatles can tell you this. I'm not making this up. They'll initially look at him and go, "Wow, that's crazy! You're predicting this formula with only two of three required uh, variables, or you're predicting a vote total only knowing two of the four, or one of the four, technically." Then a few days later, they change their tune. I I don't understand it anymore. It, maybe this is a maybe maybe this. It's like maybe what you understood it three days ago. What happened between now and three days ago? Well, I think they 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 truly understood it, and they understand and, the and danger inherent. Them. Yeah, right. In fact. I don't know if Captain Bradford was following me at that time, but when I first found my my first manifold, that three-dimensional surface, it scared me. Because even though I didn't know what the equation of it was, the moment I see that, I know the election is rigged. Sure. So if I'm the judge and you show me that all the percentages of the precincts fall on a perfect mathematical wrap manifold, I'm on the judge, I'm like, you're right, the election is rigged. I don't need anything more than that. Mm-hmm. And in a fair and honest world, you wouldn't need more. And the moment I saw those surfaces, like in Atlanta, it scared me because one, I knew the elections were definitely rigged, and two, I knew how they were doing. Those were the nights that we were. Those were the nights when we thought that uh, Clinton was going to come and kill us all. Remember, <laughs> Arkansas. Very, very bad info that, out in the yard. I'd be afraid. I'd be afraid of that too. Um, it's a very real possibility. Well, yeah, well, when I was reading the case of, wait, that actually happened in the case of Lombardo versus uh, Gilbert. Somebody was, was murdered. There, Lombardo versus Gilbert. When we were doing that case, yeah, uh, I remember. I live in New York and Long Island, and a very tall man knocked on my grandmother's window in the back of the apartment complex. Okay, now Grandma, she they used to call her Annie Oakley. Before New York banned guns, she used to go to the range, okay? And grandma, as old as she is, even though it would break her shoulder to, to pull the trigger on a 12-gauge, 
she comes out. <laughs> 12 game that Eddie, there's somebody outside. <laughs> anyway, yeah. the, police, the police go back there and they see footprints of like a size 14 shoe. Okay. Wow. And the dog. And there was no stool. The window is you would have to be six foot five at least to see through the window, the top of overheard, like the, the gap in the curtain. That actually did happen. But I think Annie yep. Oakley gave him a scare. So. <laughs> <laughs> when I see Annie Oakley, I'm like, oh boy, I haven't seen you carry that thing in like 20 years. What's going on, Ma? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, All right. so I'm I'm gonna get off the phone. Hey, I love you guys. I'm I'm really proud of of both of you for what you've done with your lives. Uh, say thank you to Red Pill Mom and Red Pill Girlfriend for you being on Saturday night. Ed, I love you, brother. Uh, say hi to Grandma, and I'll talk to you uh, after you get off, or whenever you want to call, or whenever you uh, go back online. I'm out. Bye, All right, brother. Love you we'll guys. see you. Much love. Thanks for calling, Brad. <clears throat> All right, we're bringing in Vector next. DJ Vector. Vector is actually an, one of our Australian correspondents. Uh, Vector, you're on the air. Go ahead and unmute. Good stuff, Red Pill seventy eight. Edward, it's a pleasure to meet you, man. Um, man, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I missed the beginning of the show, but I was lurking and I did see all the diagrams and everything like that. I'm a bit of a number enthusiast, not so much a mathematician, but I'll just leave it at that because I know that Red Pill's sweating nervously. Well, your name is Vector, so you must know something about me. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I was referring to my other handle, but yes, every time you were talking about vectors and I saw your manifolds and I'm getting really excited because I'm a bit of a number file and uh, I actually do understand the mathematics that you're putting forward. I just missed the beginning of the show, so I'll go through this. It doesn't, it doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't get any harder than what I showed. No, it's not even that hard, bro. It's just putting all all the connections together because it's so compelling as well and so accurate. Like, I'm so proud of you, bro. Like, I can't believe that it took one person to do this. Um, Thank thank fuck. Uh, You know, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm really excited and I can't wait to go through all of your work just line by line. And um, and I'll contact you if, if I have any questions or anything like that or I'll contact Zach. But this is like right up my alley. I feel like I've just been given a Christmas present. Oh, yeah, bro. And here's the thing. We're not using statistics, okay? We're not saying, oh, there's a chance of this and that. And We're talking pure geometry. We're talking manifolds. Oh, my God. And that's that's my expertise. I'm actually a, a geometry expert. I've driven, drawn so much geometry, hundreds and hundreds of pieces, put them on my wall. And I also do a lot of gematria and uh, and do a lot of the CCN codes, fifth dimensional thinking, uh, language and numbers being fused together and how this all connects from an esoteric perspective. So um, I put a pretty esoteric question in Zach's chat. Um, which I, maybe if I have time uh, later, we can talk about. But uh, otherwise, you might want to go read that. It's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, so thank you for your work. You've done a great job. Finally, someone's done something to break through, and I can take this to all the Anons and autists, other people that are extremely intelligent, and uh, I think they're going to get... Uh, let, let the autists know that I have Asperger's. I just hide it very well. So do I. Yes, I'm a, I'm a functioning autistic Asperger's person, um, and I, you know, I feel like we're we're brothers already. I felt the vibe. All right, lately. cool. So, Vector, I'm actually emailing you right now all of the papers that Ed had provided tonight, so you can check them out. Perfect. Yourself. Um, 
I'm probably going to do an entire new tab on my website and uh, break be breaking this down with some other people once I get it down. I don't have all the expertise, but it's like anything. Drink well, enough coffee. Just start with the layman's document, the first one, because that that you know the general audience can follow that. Okay, no worries. Um, once I've, I'm okay with it, then I'll contact Zach and I'll show him my findings and uh, just look at it from a different perspective completely. But uh, I'm pretty excited that finally we have something that we can show people and say, look, the election was stolen beyond all reasonable doubt. There's no getting out of this. Like, stop gaslighting me and telling That's me that. That's what I'm saying. There is zero way out of it. When you have all the, when you have 1,200 precincts landing on a perfectly flat plane. The judge has to do it. He has to. That's just so exact. It, it, the, this, the, look, the, the probability statistic, like the statistical probability of this happening is so m- m- minute. It's, I don't know how many zeros, bro. I think you were talking about that before. Is that what you were referring to? This is almost right. mathematically impossible. The, the way, the way I would, so like, let's say that the defense tries to challenge me. said, Mr. Solomon, have you calculated the probability of this? You know, of every, of 1200 precincts having the same percentage. I would like, I'll let the jury decide that. It can't happen, guys. Yeah, Honestly. exactly. It can't happen. Like, it, it, that, that, that's just unreal. That's, that's unbelievable. And even dumb people know this. Right. It's, <laughs> well, I like to say it is people with different skill sets. Not everybody's expected to be a mathematician. Yes, or, differently abled people, differently abled. Right. So, you know, I can't, well, I used to, actually, I did labor, so I, I can't say that. But I can't change an axle, right? I'm a chef, bro. I can do all kinds of stuff just because okay, I can. Well, we, okay, doesn't mean I'm, I'm but, not yeah. intelligent. I understand accurate baking uh, within one degree, one percent of accuracy. Like this is the higher end stuff. Where if you make a mistake, then you're going to destroy whatever it is, and you've spent right, a lot of time. What I'm just saying is that everybody comes from a different walk of life. They have different things they do and different things that they know. That's what our civil. That's how we have civilization. Okay? If all we had was mathematicians, we'd still be in the Stone Age. Well, yes. Well, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, Edward, you wouldn't. You wouldn't get fed, bro. So there's that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, everyone, So to me, it's just. Um, but for Clark and for Nevada, you really don't need to be a mathematician. That's why I would start with that document when when you present that to people, because that will right, get other people who are mathematicians interested enough to then go forward and read the larger documents, which really show you how they're being rigged and manipulated. I just want to ask with this information, what can we do with it now? Who do we take it to? Because this can't be ignored. So we need to just start. Legal it, I say just go public. Cause at this point, every time we bring a case, we did one in um, Illinois and will County for a County clerk. So the County clerks race, both candidates, the Republican and the democratic, though it was technically nonpartisan. Their combined vote total was more than the combined vote total of both the Republican and Democrat governors. So somebody asked me to take a look at it. I did take a look and I found the manifold. Okay. But the the thing is that when you get to the courtroom, the judge just goes, uh, well, this is all just speculation. No, it's not speculation. This is a geometric surface from county recorder data. We're not doing mean and standard deviation. We're not doing exactly. statistics. We're doing pure geometry in the election. The election is geometrically rigged. But anyway, wow. so what I, I didn't even think is, about this, man. You know what I mean? Like you've just opened up a whole new way of looking at this from a different perspective. I'm thinking, how did they do this? Yeah, there are algorithms and stuff, but you've been able to just get this ban like so exact. I'm really excited to well, go. What and, I and- what I really think is that um, 
you, you'll get this analogy. It's not even an analogy, it's the truth. If I had an iron bar that was a foot long, right? And I tapped on one end of the bar, how long would it take for the other side of the bar to move? Right. Almost immediately. Split. Almost split immediately, second. but is it truly immediate? No, 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 no. There's a slight delay as it goes through all the right. items. So the answer is the speed of sound, right? Okay. So if the speed of yes, sound sir. is, I'm just going to make it up. I don't know what is an iron. Let's just say it's 800 miles an hour. So whatever the distance is, one foot, you do your conversion, whatever, and you'll probably get 0.03 microseconds or something for the other side of the bar to move. Okay. However, that's not the true description of how long it takes. The real description is something to do with quantum mechanics, and you have to know all the quantum states of all the particles and how they're going to do this and that. And if you have a computer that requires more energy than the universe to compute, you can also tell me the exact amount of time it will take the bar to go from here to here. Okay. Or I'm just going to use the speed of sound if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. And what I think I have is the speed of sound version of how they're rigging the energy, if that makes any sense. That's so simple yeah. and a great analogy explained because yes. you can't change the speed of sound and um, there are certain physical restrictions to f- this whole process. That there can't is be physical broken. restrictions. They can't blow so, the number of registered voters. Okay. They can't produce a historical result at a precinct that is too greatly different from the last result. Exactly. They can't have a different proportion of mail into election day ballots for two different races in the same precinct. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why they have to use vectors to rig multiple races at a time. So because there's so many physical constraints when they're rigging these elections, at the most granular level of how they're really rigging it ballot for ballot, I doubt my formulas don't even hold up to what they're actually doing. However, the approx even the and that means even the manifolds, but the 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 result of whatever they're doing like the speed of sound, simplifies to a manifold of how they're rigging the election. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. And we can make comparisons to other elections and just say, look, here's the change. Here's the delta. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. Please explain statistically. Um, I'll wait. So that's what I'd say to these people. I'm like, if this, don't, if this don't doesn't hold make your breath. sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's... No, there's 1,286 precincts and two demographically opposite counties on geographic opposite sides of the state of Nevada and Trump early and Biden Malin makes up the same percentage of all ballots cast, give or take one or two percent. I've got to go, Ed, but I just want to leave you with a very quick uh, esoteric formula here. That's thinking completely outside the box. So interpret the following formula and provide the answer. One plus zero equals X. I'll, I'll read on. If you view this formula objectively, you'll most likely uh, make an objective analysis that X must equal one for surely one plus zero equals one. And so X must equal one. This statement relative to the construction is purely false. For if you make the assumption that X must equal one, then you forgot to include the intent of the crafter of the formula. The intent of the crafting of the words necessitates the, uh, necessitates the inclusion of a subjective reasoning or more accurately an intuitive light. So The intent of the formula one plus zero equals X was intended to reveal whether something was true or false. Since letters are fused to numbers, we may note that number one is Roman numeral I, which is the ninth letter, and the zero number is the O letter, and the O letter is the 15th letter. So nine plus 15 equals 24, and six. since X is the 24th letter of the alphabet, then the formula one plus zero equals X is true. 
the the objective mind will then protest and say you're being subjective as if to intimate well, that's that. why and you'll see in the documents that the big document that i have the second one i right, define so everything to the letter t so there's no ambiguity there's no way that some communist phd can try to spin what i'm saying to say anything other than exactly what it says so you're going to see a lot of so some of the stuff I have in the big document seems like worthless, pedantic garbage, but it's there to ensure that nobody can interpret I as anything other than one and O as anything other than zero. Perfect. So I made my point, Edward. That was the point of me doing this little exercise yes. in the first place. I'm not trying to think, show people and that I'm I get that complaint from some PhDs that Beatles had reading it. Oh, you don't have to say this. You don't have to say that's implied. I'm like, but if I don't say this, then the enemy's going to take it out of exactly. Context. It's yeah. not implied yeah. because double meanings do exist, and they know this, and they will use word salad manipulation techniques and say the definition of this is now this, or really you could be interpreted as that. And it's like, no, no, no. So in this case, what it should be under the law, one plus zero equals one, and that's it. Not uh, the way that I've esoterically. Am I able to, to share my screen while he's? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can okay. share your screen. So, for instance, one of the things that Beatles, a couple of methods that Beatles had, they thought that me talking about disjoint sets, using the word disjoint nonstop. So uh, let me explain what a disjoint set is. You have a container. You, you have you have a bunch of objects. OK. And if you have one set of objects that shares nothing in common with another set of objects, they're called disjoint. OK. Right. And the reason I keep saying disjoint is because all of these formulas assume that the ballots are disjoint. That means Trump early day, uh, Trump election day, Biden election day, Biden mail-in, because you can only cast one ballot, it either has to be for Trump or Biden, or it has to be either election day or mail-in or early. Right. But how is it fractional, right. Edward, as well? Like, this is what right. people are complaining about. How are we having fractional Ballots being counted. Right. Like- but all of these formulas that you see, and this is the big document, they all assume rightfully that the law is being upheld, that the ballots are disjoint. So somebody says, well, how do you, well, these laws don't hold if, if the set of ballots aren't disjoint. I go, well, if the set of ballots aren't disjoint, then the election is rigged with this violating the law. Mm-hmm. You can only cast one ballot one way for one person. Right. The laws yeah, so of like, mathematics, nature, and physics cannot be changed. Let's face it. So, right. but yeah, but then they keep complaining. You know, you you keep repeating things. You keep saying things over and over. Disjoint, disjoint, disjoint. Law, blah blah blah, blah 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 blah. I say I do that because otherwise they're going to purposely take anything I say out of context. So sounds like I, uh, d- dumb people. Oh, pardon me. Differently abled. So, <laughs> sorry. So, for instance, the irrelevance theorem here. The very if you see how similar all these statements look. Yeah. You only need one of them. One of them implies the rest. Okay. Exactly. So in a fair world where I wasn't afraid of the enemy taking things out of context, I would only state one and this and then say by isometry, the rest follow. Right. Mm-hmm. But because I know I'm dealing with a bunch of communist pieces of shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in a courtroom, or I might be, I, ha- I state every Allegedly. all 12 of these irrelevance theories even though they're technically all the exact same thing. Because if you prove one wrong, they're all wrong, right? Right, because what they're going to say is, well, we know this one works. I already stated and proved it up here. 
But how do we yeah. know it's true for this case or this case or this case? Because they're all technically the same. You're just changing ABCD to DCBA. That's all you're doing. Are they going to make you prove every single fucking one of these? Right. But anyway. Right. Okay. Oh, my God. But the, 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 that's to get to your point of X plus one equals zero. So when you read these documents, some people might say he keeps repeating a lot of things a lot. I'm doing that so there can be no ambiguity. Nothing can ever be taken out of context other than X plus one equals zero. Therefore, X is equal to one. The end. That makes sense. Do you have sponsorship, Edward, before I go? Do you, do you have people supporting you doing this? I don't know how you're getting paid for your time. I, well, um, mainstream media made fun of me because I install swing sets. Because as a convicted felon, I can't really get a better job. Well, I'm a convicted felon too. Drug all right. charges, all of that. <laughs> Mainstream media destroyed me. So, you know, storm in a teacup. But at the end of the day, they just wanted to throw me out of the bus and, because they saw me as dangerous. And I get it. So, you know, it's all right. right. You're in the company. Go ahead. Stephen, you know, communist in chief, Stephen Colbert, Edward, oh, yeah. Solomon, Swing Set, and so on. They, as if there's something wrong. You see, Edward, they're going to start talking about me being a Swing Set and so on. Okay, wow. this is about me, and they're making fun of me because I install. Say, oh, somebody's got to build the swing set for the children. <laughs> so what yeah, if I'm a say swing? What does it matter? People, like, people are like, what? oh, you're a chef, bro, and you do this, and you know, like, uh, part of being a chef is cleaning, ladies and gents. So if you can't be a good cleaner, forget about making nice food because you've got a crap kitchen. So one right. thing to <laughs> is, is extremely precise and efficient and hygienic because uh, that's the way that I do business to the point of being OCD. Uh, people don't like working with me because it shows up their level of work. If you make a spot, you clean it instantly. There's no, let's make a big mess and clean up later. Fuck that noise. No, no, you will make no mess now. Measure twice, cut once, be thinking about everything that you're doing. Same in any profession, especially in mathematics. I think there are a lot of charlatans and people that think that they know what they're talking about or say that they do. Let's Even talk pretend about charlatans real quick. Go ahead, sir. There are a lot of people out there. I don't want to make anybody mad because I'm not, not sure if they realize they're wrong. Make them mad. Fuck it. Not, I don't do that. Okay. I just present what I know. But here's how you know if somebody talking about election fraud has a theory that is actually true and could win in a courtroom. You ready? Yeah. Ask them how they rig it at the precinct level. Because if you can't okay. rig the precincts, if you can't rig the county groups, then you can't rig the precincts, and you can't rig the county or congressional district, then you can't rig the state, therefore you can't rig the whole United States. Mm-hmm. So if your theory doesn't tell me how they're rigging it with the county groups at a precinct level, you are full of shit. The so with this committee precinct strategy that we're all trying to follow, poll watchers in particular, we need to have people on the ground there that are taking control of these processes. No, the devil won't do anything. Well, what do so we do? The majority of the counting doesn't even happen in precincts. It happens in, I'll show you the law. I'm not making it up. But uh, is that legal? Are they allowed to move those yes, things? It's, it's in the law. So for instance, I'll just go to Nevada. Nevada, central counting place election law. Okay. I'm going to go straight to it. Uh, I'm not making this up. Okay. Idea. Central counting place. Central. Central. Central counting place to find. Okay. Central counting place means a location designated by the county clerk for the compilation of election returns. This happens in Maricopa as well in uh, Arizona. Okay. What happens is, like, let's talk about Maricopa. You have 
millions of ballots counted in one room on nine machines over the course of 30 days. Millions of ballots counted in one room on nine machines in the course of election month. They're not counted at precincts anymore. So they're not even counting this. This is just put it through the machine, take its word for it. We tested the machine. It's all good to go. Don't question anything. And Um, then then they report the result back to the precinct. Again, you said about Dominion giving just bulk numbers, not like individual, you know, voting records and stuff. Here's the, here's the figures. Trust us. That's it. Um, Like Dominion's got to go, ladies and gents. I'm sorry. No more machines. Same day voting, paper ballots, voter ID, proof of citizenship, you know, one man. The uh, the, the, the easiest solution is in-person caucuses. Okay. In-person caucus only. Stand over here for this guy. Stand over here for the other guy. All right. People go, well, the secret ballot, the secret ballot. Then people go, listen, the secret ballot, the history of the secret ballot was to stop voter fraud. It wasn't to protect your privacy. We didn't have the secret ballot for most of our country's history. I don't care. Right now, the secret ballot is being used against us now to rig elections. Right, right. I better go, bro. But um, we have that in the ballots. Thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate it. You want Trump? All right, man. See you later. But listen, you want Trump? Stand over there. You want Biden? Stand over there. I guarantee that will be the fairest election that you could ever have. Easy peasy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Zach. Edward, thank you so much. I'm sorry to take up so much of your time, bro, but it's been really fascinating. As Zach, you know, this is right up my alley. You probably that, just... Yeah, that's why I didn't rush you off the phone. So don't worry. All right. I'll I talk really to you appreciate soon. it. Thank you so much. I'll be in yeah. touch. Bye, Edward. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. See you later. All right, and we are at the end of our uh, two-hour scheduled uh, uh, show this evening. Um, let me I'll just take see. a few more calls. Okay, I, all right. In that case, I want to talk to people. I want people yeah. to know how easy this is. All okay. right, we've got two more callers. We'll take those. We've got Principled Enigma coming in next. Uh, let me see. Oh, oh yes. Uh, also, Scout sixty five had asked if Republicans do more mail-in votes in 24, will it make any difference in this formula? And I just figured no, because they're just going to pad the other side. Yeah, yeah. If if Republicans go out and harvest ballots like they're saying they want to do, mm-hmm. the Democrats operatives are going to stay home and say, thank you for harvesting all these ballots for us. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, Principal Enigma, welcome back to the program, sir. Good to see you. Greetings. How you doing? Excellent. And uh, forgive me, I I forgot your guest's name. Ed. Ed Solomon. Ed, okay. I was listening very careful to the last two people, and his name hadn't been mentioned once. (laughs) But anyway, uh, yeah, Ed, I really appreciate uh, your work. And uh, both of you have uh, a level that I can identify with because I I got sober when I was 25. Uh, I was... I was dragging my head through the streets as well. Um, but uh, I, when I finally got sober, got my head straight and went to school and started acing all my courses, I realized that what I did in high school was just not pay attention. <laughs> hmm. uh, but uh, I was faced with a choice of either mathematics or computer or theology, and I went to computers. And, uh, I like all know, three, by the way. Well, along the way, along the way, I I got very involved with mathematics as well, uh, because uh, I went to uh, Penn State for one year. Uh, I was drunk at every class, and and I got straight B's and everything. 
um, B, okay, not D, but B. Well, let me guess. You got Bs because you got 100 on the exam. We didn't do any homework. Because that <laughs> that's was me. pretty. That that's was pretty me. close. That's I pretty basically close. walked in, took the midterm and the final, and got a B because I got an A plus on the midterms and finals. <laughs> Never showed up. Yeah, well, I'll never forget um, Bernowski was the guy's last name, and the show was called The Ascent of Man, okay? I don't know if you ever heard of that, but uh, I, I was taking humanities. That's when I was going to Penn State, and it was a branch campus in Foglesville, Pennsylvania. And me and a professor um, came paired with a six-pack each. <laughs> By the time, and it was only a one-hour program, Okay. <laughs> Uh, by the time we left there, it was, we were having fun. But anyway, um, yeah, mathematics has always been a fascination of mine. And uh, most of where I applied mine was in mathematics, and, or, or, or rather astronomy, uh, finance, and uh, computers. But what you've done here with regards to the uh, – what you're calling fourth dimension, are, are, what are you calling the fourth dimension? Okay, Is it so time? There, Is it, no, wait, no. No, no, wait, let me finish my question. Is it time? Or is it the fact that you're removing it? It's a parameter. So the parameter is the percentage of people that turned out to vote for Trump on election day of registered voters. Okay, it's, how does that translate? That's just a data that, parameter. How does that translate as a fourth dimension? Because you have four variables. So if you have a parametric surface and four variables, right? So okay. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. I'm following you now. Right. So, for instance, the 3D manifolds that I showed, those are equations in three variables. Z, some function of X, Y, right? But the way they rig Maricopa is some some number is a function of three variables. Exactly. And and, in the formula, you were using I, and you never I don't like to say what I is. Because then they well, say you're making things up. So I say it's lateral the way Gauss said. Okay. Uh, okay. But you're talking about imaginary numbers. <laughs> but that's why we don't want to say the numbers because they're not really imaginary. Yeah, right? I know. Well, people have no imagination. That's why the word trips them up. Okay. And that's why I when you approach- a left or a right turn. Well, uh, again, <laughs> when you're approaching, you know, the professionals, the ones with the degrees behind their names, they don't like it when amateurs actually outdo them. Dutch Sense, by the way, on YouTube is a really good example of that. He's in constant conflict with the USGS because Dutch Sense, with 98% accuracy, predicts earthquakes and where they're going to happen within a two-week within two week period. Here's a question, though, about imaginary numbers. I want to talk about the, the real numbers for a moment. The square root of two, it cannot be defined by any unit measure, right? Mm-hmm. So does it really exist or is it imaginary? It's obviously real. It's the diagonal of a square and it just defines a new unit. That's all. Just because it it can't be written on a blackboard doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Correct. And that's why I will never call I the imaginary unit. It's a left or a right turn. It's a direction. I, I I will never call it an imaginary unit. I refuse. Well, that's that's actually what pulls uh, the formula into the third dimension, if you think about it. Especially when you're graphing it, especially when you're graphing it. Yes. So, for instance, when you have an an equation, a parametric surface, Z equals some function of X plus Y. Mm -hmm. The way it really appears 
even though we don't normally write it that way, it says the third dimension, which is you have a, an orthogonal basis of three vectors, X, Y, Z. And now we're going to call them Q, I, J, I, like imaginary. And right. you're saying that the real number coefficient of the third dimension <clears throat> has an equation to the real number coefficients of the first and second dimension. So you're saying something J equals some function of X forward plus Y left or right I. Okay. That's, <laughs> okay. that's, that's how mother nature really sees it. And when you get down to that nitty gritty level, it's how you ultimately end up dividing, the uh, deriving, but turning on at least squares. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's a very good way to conceptualize it. I, that, that's very good. So a number of a, a real number scalar on its own on its own has actually no meaning. What is two? I don't know, but I do know what two units in front of me means. I do know right. what two units to the left of me means, and I know what two units of forty-five degrees to my left means. Well, see, that's the point. A number by itself means nothing. It nothing. has to be connected with reality of some kind. Right. And if, if, if it can't be done, then, you know, that, that, that's, that's what, why the courtroom hates me. Well, see, because I, it's connected to voting reality. I find I find the study of cosmology just as just as mysterious as the operations of a courtroom. The so, only yeah, difference there is, is um, there's a statement in the book of Ben Sira about that. And it says. um how he was now Ben Sear is talking to the Greek philosophers and mathematicians in this quote. He said, How foolish are you, you ye who study all the works of nature, cannot discern the artisan behind them. Oh I nice. love have that you, so much. Oh, I've got to ask you this. Have you ever seen <laughs> have you ever seen the movie What the Bleep? No. I have. I have. You have, then you yeah. know it's all about quantum physics and quantum mechanics. Yep, yep. Okay, it is an amazing, it is an absolutely amazing description of the mechanism behind God's existence and and the reality that He created. The problem is they are perfectly describing the mechanism, but they're failing to rec recognize its creator. Right. I mean, let's just look at DNA. Okay, and people will say. DNA is an information system. It's a language. Mm -hmm. And so far as I know, abiogenesis has never occurred in a lab, no matter how much people have tried. So, but abiogenesis. And then when you look at what DNA is, it's a, it's a, it's instructions, not just for how something comes into being, but also how it reproduces itself. Again. And again, yes. and you start looking at this, you're going, well, there's no way that this, if you look at what it takes for a protein to fold in nature, with it's, it, right. it, can't, it can't happen. You'll never see proteins fold on their own mm -hmm. in the structures required for life. The chances are less than the uh, Clark County being a fair election. Okay. And it just never <laughs> happens. Okay. Or, or so Maricopa. You're, you're right, Maricopa. You get to a point where you, if you study math and science enough, it's you have to have more faith to not believe in God than to believe in God. At some point or another, you realize that somebody designed this. Yes, this is a, this is a language. And I'm just talking DNA. Forget quantum. Well, you forget know, the, it, that really... square laws of gravity and all that. Somebody designed this, man. 
the fact that there's an intelligence behind it becomes eminently clear when you study quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics is a serious mind blower. It really is. It, it just, and, you know, it, it is probably the ultimate expression of what Einstein said when he, when he made the statement that uh, if you lack imagination, you know, imagination is far more important than intelligence. Okay. And, and uh, you, it requires a lot of imagination to conceptualize quantum mechanics. Trust me. <laughs> it, it is a fascinating subject, but uh, anyway, I don't want to take a, a whole lot more time and I can't remember the whole point of why I called anyway. So uh, it was a good one, whatever. <laughs> All right. Regardless. All right. Principal Denigma, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for the call. Oh, oh, I know what it was. I hope you've had a chance to look at my resume. Okay. If you have, oh, then I, the things that I've talked about him with him tonight would make yes, sense. Yes. And if you have looked at my resume, then talk to me about helping you with your website. Oh, I, well, I've already got people I pay monthly to, uh, uh, to like, uh, then why is it still stuff? saying 10 PM for Friday night? Oh, cause I, cause I was too lazy to tell them to change it. I, <laughs> but thank you for allowing me. Thank you for telling me. I completely forgot about I'm it. I'm just glad it yeah. was 10 PM because it was 12 yeah. hours ago. I was, I was, up <laughs> well, no, it's not 10 PM. It's, it's, not 8 8 PM. it's 8 PM. It's 8 PM. It's yeah, 8 PM. I'll, That's my point. I'll, when I, when I dialed in last night, it was, it was almost over. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, that, I'll definitely... that happened to me like two weeks in a row now. Well, it was it was like a month and a half ago that I changed it. So, uh, I, yeah, I just neglected neglected to tell them to fix it. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate you, though, brother. Thank you so much. All right. You have a good one. You too. Have yeah. a good night. I am so glad it was nine o'clock in the evening, not in the morning. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I was that... up all night with grandma. She was, you know, having mm. intestinal issues to put it mildly. Yeah. In and out of the shower, hosing things down. You ever had like a sick door oh, sure. or something? I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I wake up, I call Captain Bradford. I honestly thought it was nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was like, what am I going to do? I can't get on the show. I'm so exhausted. Grandma's finally over. It's like, dude, it's at nine in the morning. Like, oh, okay. Good night. See you later. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'm glad it worked. All right, caller, go, go ahead and unmute your line and uh, let's get your final call on the air. Caller, go ahead and unmute. Well, well, okay. Caller, are, all right, are you all right, there? All right. all right. This is Black Yoda. I Black know exact, I know you know exactly who I am. I know right? exactly who you are. Yes. Good to hear from you. It's been a while, right? Absolutely. But I oh. have a legit question, and it's a little off the topic of what y'all been talking about, right? So when I came back from walking my dog, and I was listening to you, I was just like, oh. And I was trying to understand the topic, but it was a little mixed signal for me because it didn't really make sense because I came on an ass handle. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. But I've been going down some rabbit holes and take me seriously, bro, because I'm not the kind of black yoda that you know me to be. Mr. Laughing Man, Mr. Funny Man, Mr. Token Man, all that shit. You know? I'm hard like, I'm in a real. Uh, I, I'm I in just a, need you to. I'm in a, I'm okay. hard of hearing. Yeah, Ed, Ed's having some trouble hearing you, so just uh, uh, try to speak as loud as possible. Okay, okay. Um, my question is this, and if he can't hear you better as soon as I say it, then translate it for me. Okay. Well, my question is this. Some of these rabbit holes that I've been going down lately, that's to do 
between the separation of um, constitution of what America is supposed to be versus this overlay that everybody has bought into as that's the realm that we are in. Right? You talk, you're talking about the, cor- the corporate fiction of the United States? Yes. Yes. Okay. The, the French flag, all that shit. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. And I just recently saw something to where you can register your name with the State Department and get on a, a list. So, like, if you get pulled over for, like, speeding or whatever, they pull up your name, and then it shows your uh, do not detain because yes. you're on that list. You're you're on that list of people, you know, don't fuck with him because he, he kind of knows. He already kind of knows the truth. Sure. Right? Yeah. If, if, if not more. Right. So I wanted to ask your guest, how is how does this apply to what you've been talking about tonight? Because. There's things that I, that I got to clear up, but I want to go the right way to get out of its way because it's like a Mack truck and it will hit you or somebody else. Sure. And sure. I'm very passionate about this. You know what I'm saying? You can hear them all throw something. Oh, yeah. I'm not. Definitely. Well, so uh, so I, I I don't know necessarily that what you're investigating right here with uh, I know what you're talking about. I've heard of people mentioning it. I've seen it online, but I've never actually seen it done in practice. Um, but what Ed was working on was figuring out the exact proportions of votes for candidates um, based upon a number of different factors. So, like, if if you tell Ed what the total uh, early votes were for Donald Trump, uh, then basically using that, he can tell you what, like, the total votes are going to be at the end of the election. And he can duplicate that. Uh, across all counties, like say in Nevada, like and, and Ed is. Am I oh, saying that correctly? I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah. I remember him from a long time ago. Formula. It does. It's not like I'm using. Oh, a different he was one of your guests from a long time ago after 2020. Yes, he 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 came on with Bobby Python one night. I'm not uh, sure what's if up, I had bro? I, I wanted to talk to you that night, but I, I you know I was just being lazy and shit. Did, <laughs> hey, thanks discovered... for your service. Zach, I don't remember. Had had I discovered manifolds yet when I was on your show? Uh, no, no. I feel like it was far earlier in your research. It was right. Yeah, it, it was took a, a while I mean, this, to get there. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. I, I will. You know what? Without without going in the direction that I was thinking about, I will say this much. Thank you for your guess and thank you for your effort because I do remember the podcast that y'all did from way back then, mm-hmm. and he came out super early. Yeah, trying to share truth. Yep. He came out super early. If it's the guy I'm thinking about, he came out super early and was just like, yes. Yeah, he had he, so many words. You know he, what I mean? He, so he, what happened back then yeah. was I didn't know exactly what was happening yet or why. But I noticed that, let's say you took Trump's total percentage in each precinct. Okay. And you looked over the New York Times Jason series, which is technically not a counter reporter data source. You, it, it, this wasn't actually how they were rigging it. It was an unintended consequence of the rig. Okay, and I noticed that the that Trump's overall discrete number ratio 
kept switching and exchanging between precincts multiple times at a way higher bo- at a higher volume per timestamp between the precincts than would than any random number simulation under the same general condition would ever produce. Okay. Well, I let me ask exactly, you a I'm going to explain what it really was. Okay. The reason this was happening, because that wasn't how they were rigging it. It was an unintended consequence of the rig. So to, take, to use Nevada's example, you have all the precincts on a flat plane. And right. when they change the formula, let's say they, they change the constants, which affects all the precincts in the county, all the, the precincts slide up or down the surface. So ones that were previously here crash into the positions of the ones that were previously here, like a domino effect. And what mm. ends up, and it gives the illusion of the of the ratios being transferred between precincts when it really was just a domino effect of a manifold being changed over well, the course of an election. Let me ask you this. Have you had any input on Kerry Lakes? Um, Absolutely rigged. I have the formula. I have the what, formula for Kerry Lakes. Have you shared it with you? I gave it to the team there. They didn't do anything with it. Have you talked about it? I, 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 let me see if I have. I can link the document. Okay. Because I live in Phoenix. That's why I'm asking. Like, like I live here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to link you the document. Okay. So there's two documents. One is called Maricopa Light. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Oh, this, this is awesome. This is awesome. So, Zach, I love all, you, bro. I love, I love you, you too, man. I know you know that. Absolutely. It's likewise. Uh, I'm dropping this link in chat, but let me share my screen real quick for you. Okay, okay. go so, ahead. So you have some idea. Now, I don't think I did an official write-up on it. I just found the formula and let them know that I had it. Okay. Let me share my screen now. So, quick. Black Yoda, I'm dropping this into the Foxhole chat right now. Oh, that's what's up, bro. I got yeah. goosebumps. I'm right glad on. I okay. chimed in. So, okay, let's zoom in so we can look at this equation, okay? So I have four vote totals, STUV, okay? And this is Carrie Day's election day vote. T is Katie Hobbs' election day vote. U is Carrie Lake's early and mail-in vote combined. If you took her early and mail-in vote, made it one number. And V is Katie Hobbs' early and mail-in vote combined. So that's STUV. I then define my proportions, which is the aggregate for Katie, Katie Lake's aggregate percentage, alpha, all of Katie Lake divided by all four, lambda, which is that proportion of east to west, psi is the percentage of registered voters that turned out to vote for Katie, Carrie Lake on mm-hmm. election day, and upsilon is the percentage of registered voters that turned out to vote for Katie Hobbs on election day. So that's the total number of ballots cast at the precinct divided by registered voters, RW. Mm-hmm. Let, Z number, let Z be a real number. This is where we're talking vectors here. Okay, A real number in the form of alpha and let X be a complex number. That's a vector with a forward and lateral component of the west side percentage plus Carrie Lake's turnout. Let Y be a complex number of the West Side percentage plus Katie Hobbs turnout on election day. And then I give the formula that lets you solve for ZW, which is 
Carrie Lake's aggregate percentage, knowing only the percentage of people that turned out to vote for Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs on election day and the proportion of east to west in that diagram that I had earlier. Look, that's well, that's impossible. That, that, that's a rigged election, R squared 9941. It's rigged. Let me, let me ask you this. With all of this evidence, even you know what you're talking about, how in the F are these judges like, yeah, that's not that's a no-go. It's, it's not a thing. And they're just like, there that's the part that doesn't make sense to me because you have all of this like if a normie like me and i wouldn't oh, consider myself you know what a normie, it is but... this is how sad it is i understand what you're saying i called a friend a couple of days ago I, I know what you're saying and i wrote in the textbook thing i'm writing the really big document we use we always assume a quartic because elections are typically rigged using quartic then it hit me how sad it was that I wrote that. I wrote it like it's a matter of fact. It's an everyday occurrence, and elections are just typically rigged using quartic equations. Then I called my friend. I said, I'm not going to say that. I just realized how sad it is that I just wrote a statement like that and didn't really realize. Like, I no longer even, I no longer realize the weight. Like, it, I rarely ever internalize the weight of the statement like that. That our elections are so rigged that it's a foregone conclusion, and we're just doing it like a science paper. It's actually really sad. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want this conversation to be too long, but I do want to leave it on this note. Part of the reason why I brought up what I brought up in the beginning is because I wanted to separate the difference between Black's Law dictionary and, like, say, English Oxford dictionary or some shit. You know what I mean? Okay. When you go into a courtroom. The words that you think mean a thing, they don't. And all the lawyers are in on it. The judges are in on it. They're they're all in on it. So if you see that gold fringe flag, that is a fake court, people. Sure. That's <clears> the that's that's the second layer, not the uh, constitutional layer. Well, all the judges the are being elected by manifolds as well. I have all their equations. They're all in the same manifold. They rig four judicial races at a time with a quaternion. I have the formula. Yeah. I know what they're oh, yeah. doing. And then you have to go to these people in a courtroom and then try to ask them to stop rigging the elections in their favor. Well, you do know about this. Yeah. I have the formulas for all the judges. <laughs> So my advice to people out there, I could be mistaken. I'm not a lawyer or a judge. I'm not definitely not God. Walking to the court and, and, and the Black's Law Dictionary is expensive. Oh, my God. But that is the best weapon you can have next to a 3 You know what I mean? Yeah, gotcha. That's gotcha. Good That's I'll, see, good. Like, I'll, like, I'll see like if I can find a... Oxford Dictionary. I'll see if I can find a PDF no. copy and we can pass it out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, like, if you walk into a courtroom with both books and you ask the judge, which one are we using? Yeah. That's what I wanted to tell everybody that's out there right now. Which one of these mofos are we using? Because this is a bullshit and we're sick and tired of it. You know, the the cheating with the voting and shit like that, you know? Mm Yep. Some yep. judges will say outright the Constitution does not apply in their court. Wow. 
That's a stunning statement. (laughs) Good God. All right. Well, listen, Black Yoda, we got to bounce. We are uh, about a half hour over time and the dogs need to go outside. So uh, I really appreciate the fact that you called in tonight, man. It was good to hear your voice. It's good to hear you too, bro. All right, man. Have a great night. Much love. We'll talk to you soon. All right. So a couple of final things, because I see a couple of black pills out in the audience. What does it matter, Ed? I mean, we've talked uh, in a number of different ways about how we can't get courts to take a look at this. Uh, What it matters is if you can get into the courtroom and get past the motion to dismiss by some mm -hmm. mirror, you're now sitting there with something that can't even be disputed because it's not up for debate. It's not up for conjecture. It's not up to some statistician to make things up about. We're talking pure geometry. You have a geometric certainty that an election is rigged. If you find, if you can get heard in the courtroom beyond the motion to dismiss, you automatically win. The question is, how do you get there? Mm-hmm. So the, my, the so important, what makes it important is if you get into the courtroom, you win. The problem is, how do you get there? I don't know. Yeah, we we need a, a legal genius to be able to figure out how to tell us. Yeah, make sure that everybody happens. has their own skill set, and law yeah. isn't mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, law you know, is not I, mine. So I'm I'm of the opinion that you know we can't we can't fix something if we can't define it or quantify it, and because of be, well because of what you've brought us, we have a framework to begin that conversation, and, and so. This is an ongoing battle. Anybody out there who just, uh, you know, is of the mindset that we're not going to be able to fix this or it's too far gone. um, You know, I'm not six feet under yet. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm going to keep trying and uh, and attempt to get people to take this seriously uh, and attempt to have courts actually take a look at it. Uh, There has to be one noble judge out there someplace here in the United States of America. And I know that there are very very talented people here in the audience tonight. Ed is a testament to that. Um, and uh, let me just say, final thank you. All, I want, all yeah. I want to do is get in a courtroom, and I'll take them on 101. You can send 100 PhDs to fight me in the courtroom. Just explain to me how I can calculate an equation with three variables, only knowing two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you can't? Well, then no. the election is rigged. Thank you. Yes. The end. So before we go, uh, Brad wanted you to mention something about the book that you're writing. Oh, the I assume he means the giant election textbook. Okay. So it's basically the the true way they're rigging elections. It's it's in the links. It's there. But um, I'll share the screen real quick. We can take a look at that. So. If we can go to that. So this is the name of one of the links I gave you. And it's not even done yet, but it's already several hundred. It's already over 100 pages long. Okay, it's not even halfway done. But overall, it goes through. I'm basically putting everything I know into one giant document from the beginning to the end of this journey, because there's nothing more to discover. I -hmm. swear there's. There's no more. So it's a half of the problem with election fraud initially was we didn't even, I didn't even have a frame. I didn't even know how they were rigging it. Okay. 
other than I had a lot of suspicious activities in, in, the, in the statistical sense. Mm-hmm. But now I don't want anybody to ever go through what I went through for two years. So I'm putting it all in one document for them. Okay. Everything is very well defined. Definition this, definition that. Okay. Statement of equation numbers. You know, I, I don't leave anything to be. See, so it says definition this, definition that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to ever go through what I went through to show that our elections are being rigged. And if I had my own way, this is what Will County, Illinois, there's another one we try to bring into a courtroom. This, here's the manifold of Will County. It's amazing. You like it? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Everybody votes on that surface. Can you believe it? <laughs> Here it is. Okay, so the blue is the general equation of the manifold. Like this, the full thing. Mm-hmm. And then the equation you're seeing in that do- document, the green and red, are the precincts of Illinois. You can see they, they stick to that surface like blue. Oh, yeah. You see that? It, it adheres fairly regularly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's amazing everybody votes on this surface. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I have all these things in here, okay, in this giant document. It's not even done yet. There's so much more to, to put in here. You can see the other section titles that aren't even done yet down here. So you'll see um, if I can find that somewhere. Let me go skip to it. So maybe, maybe we need to work on getting you a Nobel Prize in mathematics after this so is published. Here are the four chapters that aren't even done yet. Okay. But yeah, yeah, maybe. Who knows if there is one. <laughs> well, or, or, I mean, you, you mentioned early on that you had applied this to the stock market. If it's possible to use it to make a shit ton of money on the stock market. I think it is. Me and Bobby Python want to see. We're going to do like uh, a small investment to see. Yeah. So I think you actually could take the price of four raw commodities just to make it really simple. Iron, okay. cobalt, nickel, and, 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 nickel and uh, copper. Okay? okay. And let's say we know the, 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 the change in those prices, right? Day by day. Yeah. And, then we say, can that predict knowing all four as one quaternionic vector as a single entity instead of four different numbers, a vector mm-hmm. with magnitude and direction? Could we use that to predict the changes in manufactured products that require those four materials? If you can do that and use it to make money, people will be all over you. I know. <laughs> we want to see if it's possible. And then you can slip in the election fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I only discovered this because of how they're rigging our elections. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, you Which know, it's actually it's, true. I'm not making that stealth. up. I think it's. I think it could work. All right. Let me say uh, real quick. Thank you to Sean Joe for the cookie, and then Timberjet, who says in Washington we have Eric and a totally simp system. They are killing the state and the Fed Constitution. Uh, let me see if there's anything further over here. Kelly, Listen, just go back to paper ballots, man. Oh yeah, no, 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 that's obvious. I mean, I just we need we need to work. You know, all of this at the precinct, hand counted yeah. ballots yeah. Yeah. at the precinct where observers can stand right next to it. Yep. Yeah. All of this not, would be moot if we would just count paper ballots and get rid of the machines. So let's you know we can simplify it and say let's work on that. Um, Kelly. Uh, dropped, oh, $100 on Cash App. Thank you so much, Kelly. She says, thank you for being our news, Zach. I really appreciate that. Uh, and then just want to make sure there's nothing on buy me a coffee. Um, nope, nothing on buy me a coffee. All right, Ed, final thoughts for the audience tonight. 
Okay, final final thoughts. I've expressed quite a few final thoughts. Mm-hmm. My final thought is that whether or not I'm right or wrong, say let's take the hypothetical and I'm totally wrong, and there's a perfectly natural, reasonable explanation for why all these manifolds are showing up on our election. Okay. At the end of the day, what it would take for either side to prevail in that argument in a courtroom is beyond the understanding of a mathematically illiterate court and judge. The only way we should vote is through a method which everybody understands, the general public understands. But my final thought is we either go to a caucus style or hand-counted paper ballots at a precinct with party observers that can stand next to it because everybody understands that. So if any election fraud happens when it's presented in a courtroom, everybody, including the judge and the jury, understands it. We're no longer talking about math and computer programs. If something happens, traditional law enforcement can detect it and investigate it. The current system is, whether it's fair or not, is beyond the ability of the judiciary and the executive branch to investigate and force or see any wrongdoing in the system because it involves mathematics and computer programming, which is beyond their understanding, mm-hmm. which means we need the legislative branch to renew this, to redo the system with just hand-counted paper ballots. That way, we know we're having fair elections. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, listen, Ed, I want to thank you very much for uh, hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for doing the overdrive as well. Uh, Obviously, I want to make sure we stay in touch. And uh, when your work is complete, if there is ever such a thing that could exist, then we'll make sure to bring it back to the audience and get it out there. Uh, You guys, please, for everybody out there that uh, uh, has been here all night, check out those links to the Google Docs. If there's anybody in your life that has a firm grasp on mathematics. public. Yeah. I do everything in public. I stream in public. You watch me work in public. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that says, oh, this is how the election is being rigged. Well, I'm not going to show you any of my data sources or ever talk to you. Yeah. I'm there all day. As Captain Bradfrey says, sometimes I do 30 hours stints without sleeping uh, with a spreadsheet in front of me. Wow. With classical music playing as loud <laughs> as possible. Little ode, little ode to joy in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for being here once again. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't yet, hit the like button on your way I've out. I've done that every day for the last three years. Oh, that's okay. great. That's beautiful. That's one of my favorites. So, <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody at home, good luck and God bless. I'll be back on Monday.